Ding dong, ding dong, ding dong, ding dong. That's right. Wedding bells are in the air oh. here on Boy Meets World Fever. You forgot. <laughs> They're yours. <laughs> I was like, what's happening? Yes, I'm engaged now. He did it. I popped the question to longtime guest, guest in a few weeks, actually. Uh, oh, really? What's she coming on? I think episode 11. Which one's that? The last tango in Philly. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, we gave her a heavy episode last time, so I thought mm-hmm. we would... Lighten it up. We'd give her a light one. Um, Of this I am sure. Of this I am sure. Exactly. Um, So, guest in a few weeks, but I have proposed... guest of Chance's heart. Yeah. Well, no no longer guest. Permanent placement. I liked it and I put a ring on it. That Nikki Worthley. Mm -hmm. We'll have to have Bishop Cider for that one. It's a tradition. It is. Long standing. It's a tradition at this point. And she has to buy it because on your third guest appearance, you have to give us something. Oh, <laughs> what did Alton and Tanya give us? Their friendship. Oh. <laughs> they let me be a guest on their show. Oh. They let me too. I was mm-hmm. just sick. You got sick. I was sick. It was lame. That's a much brighter and happier cold open than I was going to mm-hmm. say. Oh, no. <laughs> Time <laughs> to bring it down, everyone. Well, I was going to start. The first thing anyone here heard in this episode is, hey, F you, Vladimir Putin and Xi Jinping. I agree. <laughs> F you both. Um, and your mom, and your sister, and your job. Yes. And your broke-ass car. It's it's really weird, because this morning I woke up to a widely circulating video of, like, Ukrainian civilians throwing 200 Molotov cocktails on a Russian uh, armored infantry line. Mm-hmm. And, like, uh, decimating them. Mm-hmm. Like, absolutely do decimating them. And it's like, those are men burning alive. And that's awful. But also, like, good for the Ukrainian people. Mm-hmm. It's real weird. War is not good. No, like, war is bad. It sucks. It's like, yeah, oh, but those are people. And those are people killing people. And that's going to be a lot of therapy for them, too. Oh, I hate this. Mm-hmm. I just hate it on all sides. Yeah. War isn't good. Uh, Imperialism isn't good. None of it's good. But it is good that the Ukrainian people are defending themselves. Yeah, it's real. It's real weird. And I don't know nearly enough about the situation to say what the involvement of everyone else ought to be. Well, I don't, I don't think anyone so, knows what the... Yeah. No one knows that answer. Mm-hmm. So, take that for what it's worth. Yeah, <laughs> Just like life, we got some good, we got some bad. It's and true. Some interesting. Um, it's true. I put it out in the Twitterverse, I was engaged. So, most mm-hmm. of you have probably said, congratulations, I'm certain. In your heart of hearts, your at heart the very least. Brought to you by Nestle, the makers of snowcaps, and also baby formula that's caused the starvation of literally tens of thousands of babies in third world countries. This is Boomtown Fever. I'm one of your hosts, Chance. And I'm your other host, Cameron. We're just continuing with our theme of... Apparently I'm in a mood. Human rights violations, or I don't know. I wanted to be brought to you by the makers of snow caps, and then I realized they were Nestle, and I kind of hate Nestle a little bit. It's fair. Um, for profiting off the whole baby formula thing in third world countries, but... Yeah, you could have 
been brought to you by Donna Care in New York, huh? as we well, just found out. Like but we I just were looking that up. But I just learned what that is. I'm. It's still not. It a wasn't. You'd already set. You'd already chosen your path. It's true. You'd already chosen to drag the Nestle Corporation. They drag themselves. Well, yes. I'm not saying they didn't deserve it. I'm just saying that's what you did. It's true. Apparently, I'm in a mood, man. I mean, we're coming to you three days into the invasion of Ukraine, and I've been following the news very closely. Mm-hmm. Um, I've only been following it a little closely. I've been following it pretty closely. Uh, there's quite a few TikTokers on the ground in um, oh, yeah. Ukraine talking about it. Crazy. Um, the Ukrainians are using social media beautifully. I mean, they're getting their message out I mean, there. their president mm-hmm. and all his stuff. Yep. Their president had a great response to Biden today, which I think will go on in history as, like, amazing quotes in history. Mm-hmm. But uh, Biden asked uh, if he if they could evacuate him, and he said, I need ammunition, not a ride. So good. It's a good line. Uh-huh. There was another, I forget exactly. There's some other one where I was just like, oh, that's really good. <laughs> like someone was just like, Ukraine has the quips. They do. Um, they got the they got the lines. Um, so we're both very pro Ukraine here. Um, our our beautiful Sean Hunter says that he is he's a Cossack. Yeah, he's a Cossack. So Sean Hunter is Ukrainian. Welcome. I guess Ukrainian on his mom's side or maybe dad's side. I don't know. And Italian on his the other side. Yeah, his mom was Italian. Oh yeah, that's right. His mom is Italian because she has a weird maiden name. Not weird. An Italian. <laughs> I don't remember. Maiden name. I forget what it was. A maiden name that I do not remember. It wasn't weird. Don't listen to him. Um, yeah. So I guess his dad is Ukrainian. Mm-hmm. It's kind of fun. Adds a fun little dimension to Chet. The Hunter clan. They hunt Russians. Gosh, I feel like Hunter is such an Irish name, though. Maybe he's Irish-Ukrainian. Who knows? Hmm. We know we. it is canon that our beautiful Sean Hunter is from Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Because he's descended from Cossacks. Uh, and thus, very poignant to when we were mm-hmm. recording this episode. Yes. When this episode comes out, who knows how things will have spun out from there. Because I feel like we record about 11 days-ish before yeah. we release an episode. So I guess we'll see what happens. Yeah. But nothing will change the fact that Vladimir Putin is... Terrible. Yeah, is doing an awful thing. And I'm just done with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the fact Vladimir that Putin out there really cares. Yeah. Chance Anderson is <laughs> done with these. Stuck it to him. Um, <laughs> and the fact that many conservative politicians and people are siding with him. This is all very strange to me because the conservative reaction, not all of the conservative reaction, but a large majority of the conservative reaction is very strange. I've heard everything from trying to spin it as this is not a war against Ukraine, it is a war against Christianity spreading in Ukraine, which I think is widely dismissive to the people who are actually there dying. Mm-hmm. Like, easy for you to say. Yeah. Like, Chad, so, Chad, Chad youth so leader. So. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, I've heard them try to spin it that way. Um, I've heard one of the weird ones is like, people keep saying, like, God's got a plan for Ukraine. Yeah, but God had a plan for, like, the pandemic, too. Like, masks and uh-huh. vaccines. and so God's... Yeah, that, I feel like saying God has a plan for things is just really dismissive mm-hmm. of suffering. Well, and it's a way to excuse you from it. Because when that same group was confronted with that with another thing, God didn't have a plan. The plan was evil. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a way of just like being like, eh, I don't want to care. I can about pick and people. choose what I can care about. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, there's been a weird like siding with the bully, which I feel like has been happening ever since Trump. Mm-hmm. Like, because well, he was the bully. Yeah, like I feel like this mentality of like, if we don't all stand up, the nerds are really gonna take over the school. But like among adults. Mm-hmm. Has been a big thing in the conservative ranks for the last like fifteen or not fifteen for the last five. It feels years. like fifteen. It does feel like fifteen. Twenty twenty was what twenty seven years ago. <laughs> at this point, it, it feels like it. Twenty sixteen, I think I was in uh, second grade at this point. I did see a Ukrainian today being like, "Man, it sucks that our capital is being invaded, but at least our people are defending it instead of attacking it." And then he like because. The conservatives attacked our capital. Mm-hmm. It's got a point. <laughs> I was like, ooh, got him. Zing. Um, that being said, jokes like that are good. But I don't care for... Th- there's a lot of humor at the expense of Ukraine, too. Mm-hmm. And I'm just not like, this isn't funny. Yeah. And it's one thing for a person on the ground right. to joke about that versus me. Here yeah. on the other side of the world, completely safe, out of harm's way, with no skin in the game whatsoever to joke about it. At those people's expense as they're, like, suffering and hiding and fighting and dying, yeah. killing. It's just like... I mean, I'm a person who likes to joke around, but that's... You're a regular laugh riot. That's, like, uh, that's too much. Yeah. I mean, even, like, people are, like, trying to make Vladimir Putin a meme. But I feel like in so doing, like, even that kind of lessens... Yeah, you can't soften. Yeah, it, it lessens yeah. the monster that he is, like... Stop. It has been. Yeah, he has been. I mean, he is a KJB, like, KGB. operative. KGB. You're right. Um, he is a KGB operative. King James Bible operative. Yes. <laughs> Probably that, too. <laughs> KJB yeah. only. So I'm just, I guess I'm in a mood. Like, just this negative mood. Like, these people that I used to consider myself one of are like, I feel like being really horrible right now, just on all levels. <laughs> just, you know, all fronts, yeah. Um, I'm just done. <laughs> I'm done with them. I'm done with China probing Taiwanese airspace. Like, I'm tired of uh, Russia invading Ukraine. Like, can't we all just be cool? No. Like, this... Uh, anyway, so, I guess I'm in a mood. That's okay. I, I wanted to start this show talking about war, and you wanted to spend it talking about my pending nuptials. Mm-hmm. Your impending nuptials. Impending nuptials. Who talks that way? <laughs> um, and... When I saw that Nestle was the person, I was just like, oh, I hate Nestle. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway. (sighs) I'm sorry out there. As you've most certainly guessed, this is a Boy Meets World (laughs) podcast. I feel like that's a mine we keep going back to when we start off episodes. But I mean, it's just, you know, it's evergreen. (laughs) It's evergreen. It's always going to be there. Mm -hmm. It's like, I'm trying to think of someone that's always going to be there. But I know as soon as I say that, they're going to die before this episode comes out. It's like the night sky. It's always going to be there. Oh, crap. <laughs> as sure as the sun rises in the morning, that joke is always there. There you go. Um, but yeah, we're here to talk about Bummy's World. We're here to talk about Bummy's World. And I think this, we're talking about two episodes today. Kind of getting back to our roots a little bit. Dos episodos. They're two episodes that are connected. It's a to-be-continued, two-part episode. And I feel like it is the balm... For our weary souls. Yeah. Because, I don't know about you, we just, we watched this together. I was like cracking up. 
the whole time. Just like really, really enjoyed it. Just a, like at a surface level gut check on this episode. These episodes, I just really liked them. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like they delivered. I feel like we got to talk about it. But I, I, for the most part, I agree with you. For the most part. I did, was struck watching these two episodes that I kind of thought these two episodes were at least five episodes. <laughs> like, they're all just happening all at once. No, like, I just, in my mind, the Thanksgiving Eric and Jack plot was its own episode. Like, later on. Mm-hmm. And the the anniversary date to Borelli's was a different episode. And the, like... The purse was obviously... Yeah, the purse its was... Its own thing. The purse was one episode. So I guess four episodes. And then the, like, Sean trying to get Angela. Mm-hmm. I thought, felt like those four were, like, all different episodes. Turns yeah. out they are they're not. All, they're just two episodes. So really, the third episode, I think all three storylines... I mean, it's two storylines, but it's kind of three. Because, like, the first date, like, the getting the first date, then the first date. I just, in my mind, they were three. Multiple, multiple parts. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's just, yeah, it happens really quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have kind of a Jack and Eric thing and a Jack and Eric thing. Because I remember this past Thanksgiving, people talking about, oh, Chasing Angela is a Thanksgiving episode. I'm like, I really don't remember a lot about it. Like, I remember Jack and Eric are hosting Thanksgiving. But I don't remember a lot of what happens. But that's because there's not much that happens. Yeah, there's only three scenes. It's like it's barely worth calling a Thanksgiving episode. Yeah, both Jack and Eric plots. In the first episode, there was more to it. There was, but not really. There's still only about three scenes. But they're hilarious scenes. They're longer, too. The the, the Jack and Eric plots in both episodes are the kinds of Jack and Eric plots I want. Mm -hmm. I'm done with the sharing half time Mm -hmm. with Jack and Eric. Unless it's like, which is a Pembroke situation. Yeah, I mean... And it's like quality. Yeah, well, and occasionally, you know, an an occasional Eric episode is good. Like um, the one where he gets a tutor. Mm -hmm. Uh, I forgot that one. I like talking about Jack and Eric, you, you, usually. (laughs) But occasionally... I want to talk about Corey. Why? Why would you I want to talk this? about Corey? I want to talk about Sean. I want to talk about Topanga and Angela. Me, my. <laughs> uh, earlier today, I was at our local mall. Is that Toby Keith? Yeah. Oh, okay. I don't think I realized that. Late, earlier today, I was at our local mall um, sitting in the kids' play area with my girlfriend's five-year-old while she sh- shopped. And um, Pac's fiance. Son, my fiance. Oh, fiance. Wow. That's cool. La petite fiancée. Well, she's the same height as me. I know. Um, but she, uh, or no, she was just shopping. We were playing, but it was right next to Pac's son. And then um, the door to Pac's son opens, and they are blaring. I can hear it from the kids' play area. The the Toby Keith um, 9-11 song. I forget the name. It's like, we'll put Courtesy of the Red, White, and Blue. That's the one. Yeah, I'll put a boot up your ass to see American Way, which is maybe the truest... <laughs> like American phrase that's ever been uttered. Yeah, talk about glorifying the bully. Um, <laughs> yeah, and invading countries. <laughs> um, but so that song came on, and I was like, "Man, I'm glad I don't have to t- think about that song." And then I, I want to talk about me came on. I'm not sure what the order was. Uh, I want to talk about me came on. Um, this one, it's like he he's calling a girl. Um, he wrote her number on the football field. Um, Oh gosh, what did I gotta look it up? I guess I don't know as much Toby Keith as I thought. 
I, I think you would know it if you I know it. he wrote I love this bar, but only because there's his restaurant, I love this bar and grill. That's true. Did he also run around a Jose Cuervo? Is that him? It sounds like him. And after ten rounds, how do you like me now? How do you like me now? Now that I'm on my way. Do you know that one? I, probably if I heard it. I was an ag kid. We've been over this. So courtesy of the red, right, and blue. Um, I want to talk about me. Um, how do you like me now? And uh, what was the other one? Um. Man, I remember it from the 90s, but I'm just... Oh, uh, Only in America? Is that him? I'm not sure. Only in America, dreaming of red, white, and blue. Only in America, we dream as big as we want to. We all get the chance. We Everybody gets to dance. That sounds like lies. Well, there was that song, and then there was... Um... Did Toby Keith create Bro Country? No, Big and Rich. Is that Florida Georgia Line? Big and Rich. That's true. Save a horse, uh, ride, save a a horse ride a Cowboy. Now that's a song. Now, if you're going to listen to some bro country, save a horse, ride a cowboy. We're getting back to our roots. We're talking about two episodes, and we're talking about country music. So, uh, the other one was, uh, you shouldn't kiss me like this. No, I don't think I know that one. You shouldn't kiss me like this unless you mean it like that. In high school, can you move it like this? I could shake it like that. That's, um, is that the Bahamas? I think so. Um, That's just what your song made me think of. But in high school, you know, I was in FFA. I think we've been over this before, but we were in a parade in like the city next to us. There was like it was a competition, and our theme, our float for the, our FFA chapter was cowboy themed, and we just played that song. We were like tenth graders, <laughs> blasting "Save a Horse, Ride a Cowboy" as we rode down Main Street in the next town over, uh-huh. and just singing and dancing and it's like this is probably not okay yeah it's a little it's a little sus well i was walking to a room passing out hundred dollar bills kills and it thrills i can't remember all the words um except for i sang her every will nelson song i could think of and we made love i know i do not know the particulars but the big thing well i do know the particulars of this part it's the next part i don't the big thing in country music right now that i keep hearing about is boyfriend country I hate it already. <laughs> which is like, which is like meatheads seeing really sweet things. Um, the big one last year was Kinfolk by Sam Hunt. I wanna introduce you to my kinfolk. I don't, I don't. That no, I don't like me. this. But that's the big thing is like real sincerity. It makes sense. Most of the uh, country audiences have shifted to women. Um, mm. What's Reba McIntyre up to these days? I don't know. But Sam Hunt is kind of the king of boyfriend country right now. But I know he just got into some pretty hot water with an affair or something. So maybe he doesn't want to introduce you to his kinfolk. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. And we made love! <laughs> just like that line. <laughs> nice. Um, That's what he said. Man, Toby Keith, that I heard four songs from this morning, and I was like, what's happening? <laughs> the only in America is Brooks and Dunn. But it still fit in like the thing. Uh-huh. Alan Jackson, he was a little before that. Mm-hmm. You have your Garth and your Alan, your George Strait, picked up by Toby Keith, Brooks and Dunn, going into Big and Rich. Here's the thing. Florida Georgia Line, aired later, much later. Much later. But I was kind of out of the country music scene between those two. Florida sure? Georgia Line is not good, though. No. No, no, no. No, 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 no. They're not. Um, what was I going to say? Here's my thing, though. I don't know anything. <laughs> what a true statement. We just don't. <laughs> I don't know anything about fashion brands. 
But I know you got your, like, your Abercrombies that are like skater boys or whatever. I don't think that's what Abercrombie is. Is it not? That's like I super think... preppy. Okay, fine. It's preppy kids and then you got another one that's like... I always thought Sun was like Cali. It is. Or, or it used like, to be. Like Cali kind of cool. Why are they doing playing country music like this? I don't know. I feel like I walk by and I just see a bunch of like Playboy logos on shirts. I'm In like, oh. Sun? Mm-hmm. See, I always thought it was like... It didn't used to be. I always thought it was like shirt, uh, sleeveless shirts. Yeah, it used to always more. Like sunglasses, like Oakley Because it was about the Pacific sun. Yeah, that's what I always associated Sun with. But like... Not anymore, I guess. I was like, what is going on in that Sun? Um... Where's the Pacific? Yeah. Like, Sun is one of the few. I thought I had a bead on their style. Like, I thought I knew what the thing was. Mm-hmm. The only thing I know about, about Abercrombie and Fitch is that LFO, who kind of had a skater boy kind of... They were trying for. They didn't do very good. Like, LFO sang about liking girls with Abercrombie and Fitch. I think so. that's just the scent. It was like a perfume. Oh. I thought it was the clothes. No, I don't think so. Oh, wow. This is... I've known this song my entire life, it feels like. I'm, I don't know. I really don't know. As we said, we know nothing about fashion. If <laughs> you had to say, I know nothing. If you uh, Point blank. Like, period. That's it. I know nothing. If you think we knew nothing about wrestling when we've tried to tackle it. Just hear us talk about clothes. We do know a little bit about country music. It's true. I've, I've, I've tried to follow trends in music. I don't, but that one has just stuck with me. It was just a few years of my life where I was just in that world. Mm. And you, your, your love of boyfriend country. Just my absolute favorite. <laughs> I'm going to just dive in, listen just, to some After Chance Leaves tonight. Just like those sincere ballads. Mm. Just, I love me a sincere ballad. Using the, uh, the imagery of country living as a metaphor for a woman. Uh-huh. I mean, obviously. <laughs> that goes without saying. Body like a back road. Still bro country, not really. Yeah, that's country, but. gross. Lots of potholes. <laughs> Dusty. Yeah, very hilly. <laughs> I guess curvy. That's what they're going for. I think The curvy wife guy. I actually think it's like, like I know the back roads so well, and I know your body so well. I think it's like familiarity is supposed to be. The, mm-hmm. This is what they're going for. But the there's metaphor. a lot of other directions you could take. <laughs> there's, there's far too many other directions. There's stray cows. <laughs> deer. Yeah. Sometimes have to have dirt, your, sometimes it's gravel. Have to have your brights on at night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Will it ever cease? It won't. Uh, so as you can almost certainly Once understand. again, coming back to the mine, we're here for Boy Meets World. We talked about two episodes this week. We've already done this. But I'm going to tell you what they are. We have episode 507, I Love You, Donna Karen, and episode 508, Chasing Angela. We should have been brought to you by Van Damme, the greatest actor ever made. <laughs> do we need to go back and do it all over again? Put it, Just put it in an editing. <laughs> no, because we talk about how much you hate this. <laughs> oh dear, it's too late. This joke will be good in the podcast. Don't uh-huh. worry about it. Yeah, Let's keep going. This is gold. Okay, anyway, yes. I love you, Donna Karen. Mm-hmm. And Chasing Angela. And Chasing Angela. And I'm going to synopsize them. Give them that synopsis. Because that's my role in this episode where we flip-flop the roles every other episode. So, I love you, Donna Karen. Sean finds a purse. He doesn't know who it belongs to, but through going the contents of the purse, he finds himself falling in love with its owner, and he's trying to find the owner. 
Um, I'm, I mean, this is going to spoil, but I mean, you've seen it. We're going to talk about it. There's no spoilers. You can't spoil a show on a rewatch podcast. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I'm like, I can't say who it belongs to. That'll just give it away. <laughs> but at the end of the episode, we find out Sean thought the purse belonged to another girl because Beth? she came and got it. Her name was Beth. And it was her purse. But then we find out the contents of the purse, which are the things that Sean fell in love with, belongs to Angela, who he'd previously gone out with and broken up with. I mean, in the next episode, he finds out this information and decides he needs to find a way to get with Angela, to date her. And Corey decides to get involved to try to show him how to do that. Because Sean's never dated long-term, and Corey's only dated long-term. Yeah. So it's time for the roles to reverse. It's funny. Not really. Sean's role to reverse. Uh-huh. Corey is still just clueless. Yes. Um, and in the meantime, Eric has Mr. Feeney living in his head. And rent free. Rent, yeah, rent free. He, he pays his rent, actually. <laughs> he helps him get a good grade on a test. And Sean, or Jack and Eric host Thanksgiving. Yep. And there it is. Yep. As we were saying before, somehow we got to pack sun that I'll never understand. Um, I started singing Toby Keith. Oh, because I want to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. And there it is. Um, I started saying, but like, this is the exact amount of Eric and Jack that I know. <laughs> No, I think we really, no, I agree. I'm just like, wow, we really got away from that. <laughs> we uh, we got like they're funny. They're in. They're out. Mm-hmm. It's done. It's. I would like it maybe to tie a little more into the plot, mm-hmm. at least maybe thematically or something. Yeah, it really doesn't at all. No, um, and the 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 Sean Corey and Topanga bits are funny enough. That I don't feel like I need Jack and Eric's levity, mm-hmm. but I still don't hate them being here. I just don't know what they're what they're adding, what they're bringing. Mm-hmm. Kind of like Corey and Topanga in the last episode, I think, which is for Pembroke. Uh huh. Like I don't, I don't know what they're bringing. I don't hate that they're here. Actually, mm-hmm. in that episode, I kind of we kind of did. Yeah, they really detracted from what was going on. Yeah, but um, but yeah, I don't hate that they're. I don't hate that they're here. I just don't know what they're adding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that's where we are. But um, I feel like they're much better. Jack and Eric are much better than Corey and Topanga were in that episode. Yeah. No, I agree. Because, um, like I said, this is this is the amount of Jack and Eric I want. I'm just not sure the whole, like, dual storylines thing is working. Which I think they may, may mostly drop going forward. Mm-hmm. Except for, like, the occasional episode. Um, so, yeah, they're really... I feel like they're starting to hit their stride like these two episodes feel very classic to me yeah in terms of like what to expect the comedy is there the relationship stuff is there the right drama the right silliness it's like everything was kind of firing in these episodes for me at least yeah i agree and i disagree because nostalgically i agree with you but, like, now that we're watching these the way we are, with, like, the attention to detail we are, I don't know. It's it, Jack and Eric are just hitting me different. Mm-hmm. Like. Because you're just, just waiting for him to kiss. Yeah, it's true. It's really the, it's really the <laughs> fanfic episode Fanfic's that just got ruined me. you. It's ruined you for these guys. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Like, I kind of want the episodes to be a little more um, coherent. Mm-hmm. And I, I and I just don't feel like this dual storytelling yeah is is working. If if Jack or Eric had an ongoing plot that like kind of tied them in, mm-hmm. we'd be getting into like Gilmore territory at that point. Yeah, 
But everyone knows how we feel about that show. I love it. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah, but I don't feel like that's ever been what Boy Meets World is. No. So expecting it to be that thing that as we've watched it's never been is maybe a little unfair. Again, not. I don't feel like I'm expecting it to be that way. I'm just saying... You wish that it was. Well, that I don't know that the dual storytelling thing that they've been doing this season up to this point... Works. ...is working. It's working better here than maybe it ever has before. Mm-hmm. But even then, it still feels off. Like... There is no reason for this Feeny plot tied with this Sean plot. No, but there is no reason for any of the plots to be tied with any of the plots but, that we've had in a lot of the show. I mean, I agree with that. I don't know. It's just, it seems like, okay, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just unpack this for a second because I do think it's important to the discussion of the show. I feel like this season, more than ever, they gave Eric a best friend and they've been sharing like co-screen time. Mm-hmm. Like... It's almost like, and I think Lainey even said this, it's almost like there's a backdoor pilot to a show going on here where they like spin it off and do Eric in college. Like, it almost feels like that's kind of the goal here. Mm-hmm. And, and they're just so prominent all the time. Like, it's not we get the occasional Eric episode or Eric occasionally has a big plot. It's like every episode we are getting a lot of these guys. Mm-hmm. And we're getting a lot of them shared with our main cast and our main plots. Yeah. And it's like Jack just arrived on the scene. Yeah. And he's already like half the episode. Yeah. It's about Jack. And I just... And I don't hate Jack. No. And and, and I think if... I love you, Donna Karen. We're just going to take that for a second. I think if it had happened in a bubble, right? I'd be like, I don't know why the bubble's in there, but it's great. But because this is at like the end of a string of a lot of these... Mm-hmm. Where it's been like the the people do something and they host a frat party like and all of that. I'm just like this isn't working. This again, yeah. I do feel like they've adjusted the levels yeah. to the right amount in these episodes. So by comparison for what's been happening, it's not like those other times you're like, I don't know why this is here. It's fine. Yeah. It's like because we've had this string of about. I mean, the last episode it didn't. No. The World War Two, the Witches of Pembroke, it didn't. But it was kind of flipped. But like before that, where it was all of that, it's like they didn't quite have it zeroed in how they wanted to handle this. Yeah. And now they're they're fine tuning it, but to the point where maybe some people like me, I just liked it. But some like like yourself, where you're kind of like, okay, yeah. let's get on with it. Let's get on to the good stuff. Yeah, I just don't understand why. I just don't understand. I guess why we're we're sharing like this. Mm-hmm. And I, and again, I think the show agrees with me because as we go on yeah they phase that out this this whole dual storytelling every episode will phase out and Corey and topanga and sean will take a lot more prominence but there will be the occasional jack and eric episode mm-hmm. um where they're like really prominent we got like the sneeze lottery ticket coming up and yeah that's quite a while too yeah so i just i don't know that i feel like it's working this is the best it's worked mm-hmm. like but this being the best it's work almost kind of highlighted how much it hasn't been It hasn't working. worked before. Yes, I feel like in terms of the tier list of Boy Meets World episode structure, all A plot tends to be our highest. Yeah. All A plot with Not like... Not last a, week, but... No, forget that one. All A plot with like some B plot that's connected, but not too much. Mm-hmm. Then I would say mostly A plot with B plot that doesn't really go. Mm-hmm. And then at the bottom it's like... A plot and B plot split. 
yeah. evenly. Which has been most of this season. Uh-huh. Until until Witches of Penbrook, which heavily favored Jack and Eric. Now, if they did that Jack and Eric spinoff we've been talking about, like, I would probably watch it. Yeah, I would have. Um, just because, like, if that's what I knew the show was about, I'd be into it. Yeah. But it's like, where's the boy? Yeah, where's, like, Corey, Sean, and Topanga? And, and again, it'd be different. I think it would be very different if there were stakes in Jack and Eric. But none of their relationships ever carry over. Like, none of their lessons are ever learned. Mm-hmm. Like, to an even greater degree than, than Sean... Yeah, it's like they're not even really learning a lesson. Yeah. There's no lessons learned in either of these episodes. Yeah, they're just... Silliness happens, and either nothing happens as a result, or they get saved. Yeah. What, one of the main things we're going to talk about in this episode, that I think we have to, is like the arc of Sean over the series. Mm-hmm. Because I think Sean has an arc. And I think a lot of people say that this, there, there's a sudden point of Sean's arc, but I actually don't agree with that, which is something we're going to talk about, because I think there's actually quite a bit of subtlety. Mm-hmm. Well, I think we should just get to it, because we've already been talking for 40 minutes, and we haven't even got to the episode yet, and we got a late start. Fine. I, I do think this is an important discussion. I think so, episode. but I, I mean, I'm more talking about our Toby Keith segues. You want to talk more about Toby Keith, do you? No, I want us to talk less about Toby Keith. Um, the Boy Meets World stuff is good, but we need to cut out on the other stuff and actually get to what we're here to talk about. Fine. I These episodes do have a lot to talk about. It's not like last week. Yes, because the, the Sean of it all. Yeah, I think I think there's, there's quite a bit to discuss in these episodes. Um, I am going to throw out there, in light of what we've been talking about, let's just get Jack and Eric out of the mm-hmm. way. Yes. It's very funny, though. It is. Um, I laughed out loud. Mr. Feeney times. will not be the MVP no. of these episodes, but if the rest of the episode was no good, Mr. Feeney would have it. Well, well dream Feeney again. Dream, yes, dream this is actually Even Mr. Feeney, when he's talking to Corey and Sean, we'll get to that too. Mm-hmm. When they find the purse. That was, I cracked up because it, it made fun of things that we've talked about on this show. Mm-hmm. Um, but we start with, I can't remember anyone's name, Eric. Feeney call. <laughs> Mr. Feeney runs out. You know, this is another thing, though, that I wanted to talk about. The Feeney call is famous as something else. But we have not had that yet. No, we haven't. You just hear, Mr. Feeney, one time. Yeah. The the Feeney call is very violent. The Feeney, or Mr. Feeney. Yeah. Yeah, it hasn't really happened. Yeah, it, it, it every time it is just a violent, like, scream at his window. <laughs> Yeah, we haven't heard the actual fee-hee-hee-hee-ne. Um, but I don't think Eric's at that point yet in his life. No. Um, but he's calling Mr. Feeney. Mr. Feeney comes out and he's like, "What? Are you, what's wrong with you? And he's like, I got a test. Got to study. I got to, let's hit the books. Let's go. And Mr. Feeney's like, no. Like, you can do this on your own. Like, you have the tools. You know what you're doing. <laughs> and he's like... You have another student in there, don't you? <laughs> he like closes the He's like, I, I am not sure. I, I'm sure I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> Mr. Feeney. Yeah. He tells him to go and he closes the door. And then like Eric. Suspiciously closes uh-huh, he's the like, door. And Eric is like, he's a professional tutor and you mean nothing to him. <laughs> yep. Um, so Jack is trying to help Eric study. And he's like, uh, explorers, Louisiana, Louisiana Purchase, Purchase, Lewis and. Lewis. The Lewis twins. <laughs> <laughs> And then uh, Jack's like, I can't do this. I'm going to go. And he leaves and Eric stays alone. He's like, Marco, Marco, Polo, Marco, 
Polo, Mr. Matthews. <laughs> and who should appear on his couch? But Mr. Feeney. But, but Mr. Feeney. Yeah. And so Eric, he's like, you're here to help me. But then Jack comes back and he's like, who are you talking to? He's like, you remember my mentor, Mr. Feeney. Uh, of course. But who are you talking to? <laughs> the British guy on the couch right there. I'm from Boston, you boob. <laughs> <laughs> Which is he's, he's very funny. You boob. Um, should use that. Insult more often. You should use that insult. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> um, yeah, so Eric has dreamed up a Mr. Feeney to help him study. Mm-hmm. Um, one he, like, psychotically believes in, but okay. Uh-huh. Where do yes. we get you through it? He's even like, Mr. Feeney right there on our couch eating our beer nuts. And Jack's like, uh, okay. <laughs> and then Mr. Feeney explains that he's a figment of Eric's imagination. He's like, oh, cool. Like, Eric's not even phased. He's uh-huh. like, yeah. Yeah, this tracks. Okay. That, that makes sense. So he's like, uh, Jack, Feeney or no Feeney? No Feeney. Okay, cool. I'm driving. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'd like to see Mr. Feeney drive. Yes. That'd have been fun. Dream Feeney. Um, Mr. Dreamy. Oh. Dreamy. Dreamy. <laughs> Dreamy. That sounds like a, a Pokemon. <laughs> Dreamy. Um, it's a British type. Anyway. The next one of my favorite types: fire type, water type, British type. The middle scene of both of these Eric plots, the middle scene in both of them, is hilarious. Mm -hmm. Both times, like the middle scene is the most funny. Mm -hmm. The first scene of this was very funny. It yeah, less so in the next episode. Yeah, yeah. The the beginning of this one was funny, but this middle scene is like laugh out loud hilarious. Mm -hmm. They're in the elevator. With a janitor, and he's like, and Eric got a B. He's like super excited. He's like, it's a B in college. That's like the best you can do. Yeah. In college, that's like the best you can do. And he's just so happy about his dream Feeny. And he like leans over to Dream Feeny. I really appreciate everything you do, but the janitor's like, oh, oh thank you. And Dream Feeny's like, Eric, I'm glad that we can have this relationship, but. This ascot. I think we can do better. And Eric just randomly goes, I'll do anything you want. And the janitor's starting to be like, uh. And he's like, and another thing. You've caught me in briefs. I'm a boxer, man. You want me to change your underwear? And the janitor's just like, let me off. Get me out of here. And Eric's just like, what's his deal? Eric just doesn't get what's going on. You want me to change your underwear? Um, so they're excited. They, they go into the, um, apartment. Jack's there and Eric did better than him. He's like, I just got beat by Eric. Mm, That's not right. (laughs) Yeah. It's just wrong. Um, then Eric leaves and he's finally like, Mr. Feeney? Jack is. He's like, Mr. Feeney, could you come help me? And he just like holds his arms out and he's like, I'm ready to learn. (laughs) (laughs) And then Eric comes back. He's like, you looking for Mr. Feeney? He's not over there. He's on the balcony. <laughs> Mr. Feeney walks around the corner and like waves. Yeah. I, yes. <laughs> but Eric does say like, Jack, he's not there. Like, you know this isn't real, Jack. Uh-huh. And Jack's like, yeah, I know. He's on the balcony. <laughs> he's like, he's on the balcony. And Jack's probably just like, what? <laughs> um, and then at the end of that, that episode, he's out on the balcony trying to find Mr. Feeney. Yeah, he's out on the balcony trying to find Mr. Feeney. Um... The next scene of this that's not the cold open, the last scene, is Eric is studying for English. He's doing incredibly well, remembering everything. Quote the Raven, nevermore. And then there, there's Mr. Feeney 
in a Hawaiian shirt looking like a tourist. Mm-hmm. And he's leaving. Heading to somewhere in New Mexico? Something. And Eric like rattles off the population, like <laughs> all the stuff about it. And he's just like, you don't need me. Yeah, you've, you've got this. And he's like, thanks, Mr. Feeney. That's what the real you would have said. <laughs> um, so, so sweet. Yeah. And then Mr. Feeney goes, look, a rare bird. What? And he <laughs> turns around and he's gone. He's like, Marco, Marco. And then he answers himself, Bolo, Mr. Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> Just a nice little bookend yeah. on the whole thing. It's a nice little bookend. It's a funny little plot. Mm-hmm. Uh, should we do the Thanksgiving one with them next? Or should yeah. we do that when we get... Because I feel like the next we can just talk all the way through. Yeah. I feel like we could almost just give a score for both Yeah, I think episodes. We, I think we give them... Every time we do two episodes now, we tend to do mm. one. Yeah, because I mean, that's a long walk to Pittsburgh was one and two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. Two is better than one. I think so. But yeah, those, we, they can be together like for tournament's sake because I think these episodes will definitely make the tournament. Yeah, I think they will. Um, yeah, and then the last scene of Feeney or Jack and Eric is Jack looking on the balcony and Eric's like, you've got the skills. Come on, I'll help you study. Let's go do it. So they, they <laughs> go to sit down and um, Eric's like, all right, pose major work. I'll give you a hint. Never more. Never more. And uh, Jack goes, Eric, I'm in calculus. And he's like, Mr. Feeney. Mr. Feeney. <laughs> that's, that's the little part I missed when we were just watching because my kid came out of his room. It's true. You, I forgot you missed that. Thank you. I'm in calculus. <laughs> calculus. Big time. It's true. I've actually decided that I must find out what their majors are. So history, not telling us much. Like, everyone's got to take history. Mm-hmm. Calculus points to maybe... We're kind of narrowing the field for Jack. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe one of the one of the sciences or yeah, one of the in businesses, a STEM field, perhaps, or probably maybe business. It could be business calc. Mm-hmm. Um, it's my favorite part of business is when I have to do calculus. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, Eric, we know is in English and history. History, so really no help there. But I will figure out their majors. I'll actually probably we forget. shall determine. No, I probably won't. <laughs> Um, but in the next episode, we... I forget exactly how we get there. I think my kid came out again. Are you it was Thanksgiving. Yeah, so Jack comes Oh, Jack's in. on the phone. Yeah. He's like, my parents are going to be gone for Thanksgiving. They're going know. on a cruise without him. Yeah. And uh, it's so sad. Yeah. But I'm going to be on my own for Thanksgiving. And Eric's like, sucks. And Jack's like, maybe I can go with you. No. No. <laughs> last year, Mr. Feeney came and he ate all the white meat. Which isn't true. No, because last year, Thanksgiving, they were at the trailer park. It's true, unless they had a second Thanksgiving. I, I could see them doing that. Or what if, we didn't see this part, Mr. Feeney shows up to the trailer park and eats all the white meat. That could be. <laughs> That's the other possibility. Or, or uh, Judge Hellord. Mm-hmm. What's his name? Judge oh, Lamb. Judge Lamb combined two Thanksgivings into one because he combined freshman and or sophomore and junior year into one. Uh-huh. So maybe they were having two concurrent Thanksgivings mm-hmm. where both things happened. It's like as they're sitting at the table, time shifts mm-hmm. a little bit, and then one they're at the trailer park, one they're at their house with Mr. Feeney. Frankie, his form shifts back and forth depending on where you sit. Love it. Print it. 
It's gold. Either way, they eat all the white meat. Frankie yeah. or Mr. Feeney. Frankie or Mr. Feeney both eat all the Because it's lean meat. Mm-hmm. I prefer dark meat myself. What's the leg? Dark. Well, then that's the one. Yeah, the turkey leg is the best food you can ever eat to feel cool. Yes, and it's, it's just something feels very primal about it. Mm-hmm. It's good. Um, thigh meat, delicious. Mm-hmm. Also dark meat. Um, Give but me those walking parts, you know. I I enjoy meat. Just mm-hmm. <laughs> full stop. What else is there to say? I'll, I'll eat both. Um, but yeah, so. He says that, and somehow Jack convinces him. I don't even remember how. That he's going to, they're going to do Thanksgiving there. Well, Eric is the one who's like, we'll do Thanksgiving here. Jack's like, no, we'll ruin it. And he's like, no, it'll be great. Uh-huh. Um, cut to the next scene. Eric has a big block of ice. And he's like telling it to be a turkey. Uh-huh. He's trying to carve it into the shape of a turkey, I guess. A, a centerpiece. A nice uh-huh. turkey yeah, centerpiece. Nice. He's like, it's Thanksgiving's like several days away. It's going to melt. That's why I'm making it bigger. <laughs> it's like, you idiot. And then Jack's like, okay, I finished my pumpkin pie. Come try it. And then he takes the scoop into the middle of the pie. It's, yeah, this is my Thanksgiving pumpkin pie that I've made for Thanksgiving. Let me take a spoon and just scoop out of the middle. Well, I, I, I took it as a test pie. Okay, well, I took it as ridiculous either way. I took it as a test it's pie. A mon- they're monsters. But... but- Taking a wooden spatula and scooping into the middle of a pumpkin pie is morally <laughs> that's repugnant. Up, that's up there. Okay, that's a joke that I said earlier that I wasn't going to make. I was well, about to say that's up there with Russia invading Ukraine oh, in terms no, of monstrosity. Does. It's not. It's up there with people sitting on the same side of the booth during a date. Uh-huh. I did see some people doing that today. I almost puked. <laughs> repugnant. <laughs> did you ever watch Pinky and the Brain? Yes, of course. Repugnant. Repugnant. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's what I think about every time I say that word. Um, but yeah, sitting on the same side of the booth during a date, morally repugnant. Uh, taking a spoon and eating the middle of a pumpkin pie. <laughs> so he gives it to Eric. And Eric's like, one question. Is pumpkin pie supposed to have bones in it? And he pulls a bone out of his mouth. <laughs> and Jack's like, that's it. We're calling caterers. Like, your parents want a good meal. Like, we have to... We have to do this. And Eric's like, no, our family doesn't even care about Thanksgiving. They don't even exchange gifts. Yeah, it's not a big deal. And then who should show up to the door? But uh, <laughs> Alan comes very close to MVP right here. In this one moment, he's just about to swoop in and take all of Sean's glory. Yeah, I mean, Alan, because, Alan gets a very close to MVP. I think this with a two-part episode, we should have an honorable mention for each part. Feeney for part one and Alan for part two. Yeah, okay, that's We fair. can make up the rules because it's our show. I guess that's fair. <laughs> but he, like, puts his hand on Jack. He's like, Thanksgiving is the most important day of the year. I'm sure Eric told you that. <laughs> no, sir, he did not. Yeah, did, Dad. Here's what he wants to hear. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and then he sits down and tells this story that doesn't make sense in terms of time. It's like 30 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Because we determined Alan's somewhere in his 40s. I think so. We'll have to pull out our old notes. But he was eight when um, the, the the moon mission took off, right? Was it the moon or was it Mercury? The Mercury something? It wasn't a... What did we determine? Here, I got I got this. Um, what's what what's the uh, Grandma episode called? Uh, Grandma was a Rolling Stone. Grandma was a Rolling Stone, thank you. Well, it was a... 
Okay, let's figure this out real quick. Because we have to know how old Alan was sitting on his grandpa's knee. He says it was 30 years ago. Yeah. Which, you know, I'll give him like 35. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. in, in there. Corey is worried. His mom tries. Corey realizes that grandma isn't going to show up and he's disappointed. However, he finds Sean fishing with his dad. Corey has been disappointed. Both his grandma and his dad ditched him. Mercury 3. That's the epi- That's the... Mm-hmm. That's the vessel. Mercury 3. That was in 1961. He doesn't say how old he is. But I think we pegged him around 8. I thought he did say how old he was. I almost, I so clearly. We have the transcript right here. Okay. What's he, what's it saying? Grandma didn't show up. I've been there. Hey, wait a minute. She did this to you. Hey, pick a category. You like sports, birthdays, you like rocket ships. I'll take rocket ships. All right. Um, one day my class was supposed to go on this field trip to the Franklin Museum of Science to see the Man in Space exhibit. Cool. Yeah, it would have been. Except Grandma forgot to return the permission slip so I didn't get to go. I've been there. Yeah, me too. I felt just the way you're feeling now. Did you hate her? Well, no. It's kind of hard to hate her. Corey. You know, because a couple months later, she woke me up in the middle of the night. She bundles me up, throws me in the Winnebago, and we drive for two days and two nights. Where'd she take you, Cape Canaveral? It doesn't say. Okay. So, well, if he was eight when that happened, that puts him at 44 in this episode. Uh Uh-huh. So it would have been 14 if it was 30 years. Or if we did... Yeah. If we say 35 years. Yeah. Yeah. Which seems a little old to watch his first game of football. On his grandpa's knee. When is the the first epi- the first episode takes place when? In nineteen ninety three. Nineteen ninety three. Thank you. So he would have been forty in ninety three. Uh huh. Is that what we figured? I think so. Because then minus sixteen or forty minus sixteen, he would have had Eric when he was twenty four. Thereabout. Yeah, I feel like he might be a little younger. We'll we'll do the official math another time. <clears throat> another time. But still, he was young. <laughs> They feasted on turkey and all the things. And then he sits on his grandpa's knee to watch his first game of football. And his grandpa gives him his pocket watch. And he says he went upstairs to take a nap. And he died. He never woke up. And Eric <coughs> bawling. I miss Grandpa Charlie. Who he would never have met. No, 10 years. <laughs> died 10 years before. At Eric least. Who even knows? Yeah. Yeah. Because Eric's 20, so... 10 to 15 years before Eric was ever born. I miss Grandpa Charlie. (laughs) It's so weird that Eric's character is the one that maintains a consistent age. (laughs) He's the only one. Yeah. He's, uh, there's there's some reason we'll have to get into it. Yeah. He's he's an outsider. I guess so. Um, But yeah, anyway. He's kind of like the Haitian in Heroes. (laughs) Where like all this weird stuff is going on around him, but he's unaffected. Because he can shut it down around himself. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, he's he's too oblivious to be affected by time's scruples. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, um, the weirdness, the timey wiminess of Boy Meets World. But yeah, so uh, Alan, who is nine to fourteen, <laughs> is sitting on his grandpa's knee, um, watches his very first game of football. The very first game of football. And so, but then Alan just leaves. Yeah, he just comes to say Thanksgiving is the most important day of the year. You better not mess it up. Here's why. Bye. <laughs> and Jack is... Not Jack. like, you need anything? What can I do to help you out? And I, I never know what Eric says here while he's crying. I think it's, you make better pie. <laughs> like, go make better pie. <laughs> but I'm not... I, I To this day, I am not sure. It has to be that. 
It has to be. Um, but like telling Jack, make better pie. <laughs> he better. Uh, this is the last we hear from this plot. Uh-huh. Well, and, at the very, very end of yeah, the episode. Until the end. This is the only time where one of these plots crosses the other. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll, we'll save the, we'll save the meat there. for uh-huh. later, but uh, they have nothing. <laughs> they have an Easter basket. No, they have an Easter sand. basket and a Santa Claus. Which, and, uh, I just, okay. Sure. Um, and they're like, we're screwed. And then they knock on the door. He's like, what we got to do? My family forget all about it if I end up in the hospital for a few days. Hit me. Go and hit me. He's like, better yet, I'll hit you. And he's just about to punch him, and then there's the knocks at the door. And Jack's like, come in. Come in. And it's the whole family, and they all have food. Like, you really didn't expect us to trust that you could handle this. Yes. And Morgan's like, you guys can't make toast. <laughs> just always there with those little zingers. Always there. Um, and Feeny is like, I'll carve the bird. Who Every, wants dark meat? Everyone wants dark meat, right? Everyone yells, no! Mm-hmm. End of episode. Yeah. I, there's some Sean stuff that marks the end of the episode. Yes, and end of their episode. Uh, end of the Jack and Sean tidbits, which we talked about for a long time. Not now we're going to, really. like 20 minutes, we're yeah. going to circle back and start at the beginning of the Sean and Angela of it all. Yes, Sean and Angela begin both episodes on dates. Uh-huh. This one, they're with each other. Yep. And we hear about Sean's two-week rule. Mm-hmm. Where it's like he'll date a girl for two weeks and then just break up with her and move on. You know, Angela doesn't seem thrilled by this. She seems, like, resigned to it. But mm-hmm. she's like, oh, you weren't done letting me down gently. Let me let me stay so you can finish. <laughs> it's like, oh. Oh yeah, Corey and Sean, or Corey and Topanga are over there watching, and Topanga's like, "This is ridiculous." I, I think it does a good job of painting that Angela does like Sean, uh-huh. like from the very beginning. Cause she, she's obviously not okay with the way it's ending, even though she gets it. Because mm-hmm. she is in many ways the same way as him, yeah. In terms of her relationships, yeah, maybe less methodical about it, mm-hmm. but it's still kind of plays out that way which this episode doesn't get into all the why of that that's mm-hmm. much later in the show much later in the show but where it all it all makes sense mm-hmm. and it's pretty nice actually I think it's kind of beautiful yeah it's a good callback I don't feel like the show makes the callback that they should but no but we do that's yes. what we're here for yeah the cost the callback boys the callback boys yeah so um Topanga's into it she's like they are so cute maybe we can do a couple things with them and Corey's like, oh, you sweet girl. <laughs> Next week. Uh-huh. Sean's dated her for two weeks. She's like, so? It's the two-week like, rule. It's the two-week rule. And she's like, that's stupid. No, his one-week re- rule was stupid. This is growth. <laughs> his two-week <laughs> rule was growth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Angela leaves. Mm-hmm. Sean's coming to talk to them. And Topanga's like, what are you doing? Like, this is dumb. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like... And then she just looks over and Sean's making out with another girl already. And Corey's like... He's heard what you have to say. Now he wants to hear what she has to say. Yeah. I think he really got through to him. Now he wants to hear what she has to say. Um, yeah, just a random girl walks by and Sean is, of course, making out with her. Naturally. Uh-huh. And, I mean, that's the end of that episode. This brings up a theme throughout this episode that I don't know has aged super well. Or maybe that I've just never, like paid as much attention to as maybe I should have. And what is that? Like, Corey and Topanga are wrong? Like, I don't know. It's weird. Because, like, they are and they aren't wrong. Like, I feel like... Okay, I'm, I'm going to start my thing here, and then throughout the episode we'll talk about it. 
Girl Meets World does this whole thing that starts in this episode, where basically Corey has domesticated Sean in a way that isn't good. Mm-hmm. Um, that Corey has like turned Sean into something he was never supposed to be. Into Corey. Yeah. Like that's a that's a whole plot in Girl Meets World later on. Um, and Riley does the same to Maya, and Sean does that to Maya as well because mm-hmm. that's what's been done to him. Yes. Which, whether or not it works, and we can talk about all that when we... No, we won't. Let's just decide right now. <laughs> no. I, I still love the idea of us getting together with Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World, watching only the crossover episodes. Just calling it good. And calling it good. Um, only the crossover episodes. Mm-hmm. I repeat. It's sort of like when you're like, which episodes of Naruto do I need to watch? If I don't want any of the filler. Mm-hmm. And you get the list of, like, these episodes, don't watch these. And, like, the whole second half of the original Naruto is, like, filler. Yeah. And then Shippuden comes along. Yeah. I will I will create this episode guide. Um, I'm but sure there one exists. We've talked about it with them. I still think it's maybe the best way to approach it. Um, but anyway, going back, like, they bring up this plot and... Maybe it works, maybe it doesn't, I don't care. But I always remember thinking, that didn't happen. Like, that's dumb. Like, but no, we see it happening here. But you you do see it happening here. And it is kind of wrong. I mean, yes, Sean needs to work on his issues, but he probably needs to do it in therapy. Not mm-hmm. like... Not with dating the way Corey does. Yeah, like not doing like things... The dating isn't Sean's issue. Right. The abandonment and the brokenness of his own home and life... And how that affects his relationships is the issue. Yeah. Like, learning healthy coping mechanisms. Learning, like... To value himself. Yeah, self-value. That's what I was about to say. Like, those are the things Sean needs, not to find a long-term relationship like Corey Mm -hmm. and Topanga. And that's probably part of his healing process later. Uh, See, this actually leads into... I did some homework. I read a few more chapters... (laughs) set apart and it actually really nicely fits into this portrait of Sean that we're painting because you know that's exactly where this story's gonna go um because they've started 8th 7th grade they run into Harley Chrissy Carrillo the the original character is she's the one that saves the day she threatens to key Harley's name into Marion Stempelman's car and that's what gets Harley to back down. Because she's like, who are they going to believe? You or me? When you say that I did it, but your name is on there. And you're the one with the vendetta against the guy. And you're the guy who would do that sort of thing. Like, who are they going to believe? And then you're out of here. Like, you're done. What's her name again? Chrissy Carrillo. Christina. Christina. You're my girl. Uh-huh. Ridiculous. Um, so there's that. But then it, it skips forward from there till Sean's birthday. Which is not a thing that happens in the show. Um, but they set up a surprise party for Sean. And, like, his mom has already taken off. I think he's already living with Mr. Turner. The, I don't know where exactly in the timeline this falls. It, I didn't read further to get a better idea if they, like, messed it up. Um, but, you know, Sean's like, I wish both my parents could be here. And his dad's like, no, that's, you know, that's my fault. That's not because of you. It's because of me. That's pretty good. That was. Um, and Sean's like, whatever. But then Chris is like, I have another gift for you back at my house. 
And so they go back to her house, and she wrote this song for him, which was actually a Sabrina Carpenter song. That the author, the author is like, play this song when I tell you to in the story. And it, I didn't listen to it. I don't care. Um, but and Sean's just like so taken, and he's like he feels like his heart's melted. But then he's like, and then he's cussing his head, and I'm like, again, this doesn't feel right for a boy meets world. Um, but then he goes home, and he's like talking with Turner about it. And he's just like. I don't feel like she should love me. I don't feel like she should have feelings towards me because I'm just going to, I'm broken. And so I'm going to break it. And like, I don't deserve love because of that. And I feel like we see that here in this episode too. A Dream little bit. Um, love yeah. That. But I mean, that's a theme of Sean, right? Yes. Throughout the whole thing where Sean just doesn't feel like he's deserving of love. Yeah. Because of all the yeah. trauma in his life. Nothing bad should go wrong for Corey because... He doesn't deserve that kind of pain. He doesn't just Sean deserves that kind of pain in his own mindscape. And will like create it. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But I love old this life of O'Brien or whatever their name is. And their oh. their um, OC boy meets world fanfic. Their self-insert fanfic that is brilliant. <laughs> Anyway, I'm gonna keep reading. I'm sure it's gonna go to some places that I just don't want to read. I was prepared for you. To I was say prepared it. for them to do it right then and there. I was prepared to say for you to say that they made passionate love to Sabrina Carpenter's. Song. <laughs> I was, I was ready for it. Um, no, they did not. Because he's like, uh, I shouldn't like her. I shouldn't feel this way about her because that's just gonna ruin everything, and she doesn't deserve that. Uh, I I legitimately this fanfic brings joy to my life. So yeah, I'll keep reading. Um, <laughs> we'll see. Please do. This is my cross to bear. <laughs> um, if you missed the fanfic episode, boy, did you miss a good one? Um, <laughs> sorry. I like how I said we should stop derailing things, and then I just I threw that little bomb in the middle. That's great. That's that's that's, a that's really necessary, and I'm ke- I'm keeping my promise to. Keep reading that story. I'm like 15 chapters in, I think. Uh, I love it. I love Ooh, it. Um, Man, I want oh, Property of O'Brien. That's the name. Set Apart is the name of the story. I, I want more books to tell me to play mute mood music. <laughs> play this song when I tell you. <laughs> it started the song at the top, too, where I could have just clipped the link and it played it, but I just didn't want to do that. <laughs> it's a pirate story. Play... Pirates of the Caribbean. Now. Yes. Books should come with a, with a playlist that you should listen to while you read. I love it. Atmosphere. Um, this has brought me a lot of joy. <laughs> the world is a much more beautiful place than I thought before. Sometimes. Um, we'll see if we feel that way the more I read. Set apart. You're, you're, you're saving the world for me. Anyway. <laughs> But yeah, no, I think I think your insight here is good. Like, I feel like the next episode frames Corey and Topanga, or just Corey really, as going too far but still doing the right thing. And this episode, I've always felt at least, frames Corey as right. But the more I'm watching it, I'm wondering if it's intended or if it's modern sensibilities. But I'm like, shut up, Corey mm-hmm. and Topanga. Yeah, just <laughs> like, let Sean do his thing. Let Sean live his life. If you want to point him towards therapy, that could be helpful. Mm-hmm. That's what he needs. But like, your modern American concept of white dating, like, I don't know that Sean needs it. Mm-hmm. 
And whatever you two are doing is so far from the norm <laughs> that it, it's not something to like hold up as the ideal. Right. Like this Cory and Topanga have been in love since they were four, whatever. Yeah. Well, um, like that's not that's not hardly anybody's thing ever. Yeah. I, I was just noticing that I'm like, I really wonder if it's intentional. I really wonder if like an original plot that Boy Meets World drops in favor of the kind of slapstick that is coming in the next few seasons was what Girl Meets World picks up all those years later. And the time between them doesn't really work. But I wonder if they're setting that up here or if we are supposed to, as an Did audience... Did like retcon it a little bit? Yeah. Or if we were supposed to, as an audience, be like, no, actually, Corey and Topanga are wrong. And I honestly don't know mm-hmm. which one is correct. And I think it's really interesting, mm-hmm. this whole... that. I'm not sure what's going on. I've always been sure. Like, always. Because I've seen this episode a thousand times in my life. And now, this is the first time I've ever thought about it and been like, actually. I don't think I've ever watched it and thought Cory and Topanga are right. Really? I, I feel like this episode frames Because I feel right. like the second part of the episode kind of shows how they're wrong. Or particularly Cory. Like, well, and I feel like the whole show, well, the show does and doesn't say that they're wrong in the way they kind of go about their relationship. See, but even in the framing of the next episode, I feel like it doesn't frame them as wrong. I feel like it frames them as too far. Mm -hmm. That's weird. Because the resolution of that is still, I want what they have. Mm -hmm. Which is like, no, you probably shouldn't. Yeah. But like, that this monogamous, which I have no problems with monogamy or I am in a monogamous relationship. But like, this like really intense high school forever Mm-hmm. Relationship. Yeah, that's just like unrealistic. Yeah, and but I, when you're in high school, it doesn't feel that way. Yeah, you know, it, like this is two high school kids looking at two other high school kids and saying they're making it work. Like, look at them. Well, and I feel like communities do this with kids all the time. I mean, the the big high school sweetheart, high school sweetheart. Um, here in Oklahoma, like the the youth group sweetheart is a thing where people like start quote-unquote shipping to kids when they're like eight because they're from like good families Mm -hmm. and they're always being like you two would make such a cute couple and their their families do all these things together this is kind of harmful i think yeah but i almost feel like it's i almost feel like the episode is siding with that saying like no this is good this is the ideal which is strange to me. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just thought yeah. it was... It, it struck me this time. Yeah. And I guess the general discourse around Boy Meets World is just like, oh, to have what Cory and Topanga had. Mm-hmm. But it's like... I feel like that's what most people are like. Oh, Cory and Topanga, high school sweethearts. How great. We have a Cory and Topanga story. Mm-hmm. Or whatever. But it's like, most people don't. And that's not something necessarily to want or to shoot for. Mm-hmm. It's not something necessarily healthy. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, not to mention it's something that would have had to start. Like, it's literally, it's physically and literally impossible for most people to have that. Yeah, because they move. And you move or you just, it just doesn't, it, you don't fall in love when you're four. Yeah. It's like, because why would you? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just, it, it, it struck me as interesting this time. I was, I know I've said that before, but mm-hmm. the the discourse around Corny Topanga and like, their correctness here, I thought was interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What do you guys think? This is one of the best, like, what do you guys think? Yeah, share with us your thoughts. Are, like, According to Penga Wrong. 
are Koreans pick a wrong, right? What are the nuances of the situation? Like, yeah, do your best to talk about this very nuanced thing in 280 characters or less on Twitter. I'll read a thread. I, I love a good thread. I, I read Cameron's entire Final Fantasy VII review thread. Today. It was like five tweets. It's not that much. It's a lot on Twitter. Not these days. There's threads out the wazoo. I will read a thread about this, but I'm curious. Like, do you think the main question I want answered? Do you think it was intentional by the writers to set up a nuanced situation, or do you think the situation has become nuanced because of time? And reflection. Here's my two cents, just on that, and then we'll move on. I don't think the writers at any point in this show have shown us that they are capable of nuance. Yeah, I. that's probably fair. And I don't really expect them to start right now. <laughs> I, I think occasionally, they the writers... There's like one writer who can do nuance. Like Amy's take in uh, Long Walk to Phil- Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Like... There's Long walk the, to Phil Pittsburgh. <laughs> Long walk to Phil Pittsburgh. Oh, I'm Phil Pittsburgh. Welcome <laughs> to my fine establishment. But I think there is one writer who can do nuance, who can do subtlety, and he doesn't get to say very often. Uh-huh. He's the quiet guy. He, he gets, sits over there. He gets to sneak in a little subtext here and there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't feel like they do that a lot. It'd be nice if they did it more. Um, cut to... The next the, day Yeah. at the, school. Yeah. Um, and Sean and Corey find a purse. Mm-hmm. And what's in that purse? Chance? Well, they, they find a purse, oh, but right. then they're like, Mr. Feeney, where's the lost and found? Who runs it? It's like, oh, I do. I teach English, history, and film. <laughs> and I run the lost and found. And they're like, we'll put up flyers. Yeah. <laughs> you loved this joke. I feel like that's just the thing we're talking about. <laughs> we talked about where we were just like... Where's every, literally every other teacher? Why is Mr. Vini teaching all of these things? And then the show just like, yeah, said it right out in just like such a ridiculous way. I don't know. Well, I guess we have seen him teach history. He was teaching history in the the philosophy World War II. episode and in the World War Two episode. He was. That's the whole reason they were talking about World War Two chants because they were talking about Pearl Harbor. No English. Oh, English. Which episode were you saying? The philosophy episode. Uh-huh. That's the only talking one. about writing. Um, well, he could have been writing a history paper that just had bad grammar, though. Oh, I feel like it would have been English. Yeah. I guess that was when they were in English. Because I know where they've been in film. I feel like most of their lessons from here on out are sort of subject agnostic. <laughs> subject agnostic. Welcome to agnostic class. We don't really talk about anything in particular, but it's the most important class of your day. Love it. Um... Subject agnostic. I I feel like we've had pretty solid subjects up to this point, but mm-hmm. could, suddenly we don't though. Yeah, film film definitely like that one's easy because mm-hmm. they're making and showing films, right? And it's um, a, the tables are different. Yeah, and then history because they were learning about Pearl Harbor, and then I don't really know what they were learning in English class. I don't know if it really says, but George. <laughs> Uh, Feeney wants to teach them the basics of, um, of like grammar and grammar. Yeah, so the language aspect is what makes me think that it's probably an English class. Yeah, surely. Um, they're like, okay. But then they, Sean's like, well, we should look through the purse, see like what's in there. Saying like, Corey says, no, I looked through my mom's purse once. I've never been able to look at her, ever again. Um, but Sean goes through it, he finds lip gloss, lip kiwi gloss. mango. It's the Scent of forbidden love. 
Yeah, I think he did say it was something related to forbidden love. Yeah, um, and Sean's like, "That's sexy." That's just like, and then he starts applying it while they go through the uh-huh. stuff. Like you do. I looked up. You don't have to worry uh, about COVID right now. 1997 Kiwi Mango Lip Gloss, and really the only thing that came up was was this episode. Was this episode. <laughs> I was like, "Is this a thing?" It's forbidden love chance. Um, they find snow caps. Or is that later? No, they find the snowcaps now. The Book of Sonnets. Yeah, the Sonnets is the next one, and Sean's like, oh, Shakespeare, I hear he's good. Yeah, I hear he's good. <laughs> um, then he opens it up, and there's a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie ticket stub. Only the greatest actor ever made. Mm-hmm. Ever made. <laughs> exactly. And so... And then Snowcaps, only the best movie candy ever made. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what they find the first time they go through the purse. They're like, we have to find this person. Right, well, yeah, and... Well, so what we got is a lips protecting, sonnet poetry loving, John Claude Van Damme movie going gal. <laughs> Purse losing. Purse losing, movie going gal. Wow. I'd give her two weeks, uh-huh. is what Sean says. <laughs> and then, I forget exactly the trail of events. Sean's like getting into the poetry. He's like been reading the sonnets. We're back at Chubby's, I think, at this point. Yeah, so we'll get back at Ch- to Chubby's and uh, of course like why do you why do you have the purse and he's like dude I've been reading this book and then he reads like love does not alter when an alteration finds uh-huh. and um, he's like and I found some other stuff and he found um, what does he find totally blanking on what he finds he finds the CD at the end at the end the- which he listens to at the next scene what is it oh gosh this finds- might be when he finds the snow caps honestly could be. I think this is when he finds the snow caps. Um, what else does he find? Because there's a few other things that he finds that he likes. Um, I'm blanking. Yeah. He finds some other things in the purse uh-huh. that don't matter. Other much. good things. Um, and then at the end, he finds a CD. Yeah. At the end, he's finding a CD, and then it cuts. Uh, this is. Yeah, they're trying to get him to go on a date with Debbie. With, yes, to paying his friend Debbie. They just think you'll be cute together. But I want Debbie. There is no Debbie. Then why do I miss her so much? For those of you not here, Chance just I could I could not follow. It's like I was right there, but I just could not think of what to say. And then Chance mouths to me, "There is no Debbie." <laughs> Why do I miss it so much? I miss Stacy. I miss Stacy and Linda and Linda and Debbie and Debbie. There is no Debbie. Then why do I miss her so much? Why do I miss her so much? Um, but they're trying to set Sean up with this girl, the Topanga's friend. Mm-hmm. She's like, we know it should be great for He's you. like, I don't do blind dates. I don't want to be set up right now. But they, he talks him into doing it. Yeah, by saying, like, don't you want what me and Topanga have? Shut up, Corey. <laughs> <laughs> it's oh, like the it's one funny. good thing out of How I Met Your Mother. <laughs> um, Whenever Ted's talking about something. Yeah, it's true. super sappy in the group. Just is like, it's great audio. Yeah, great audio. Like that audio looks like a penis. It does. <laughs> Sorry about that, everybody. The waveforms on our recording software were phallic in nature. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> it's only fitting, really. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Children out there. I'm so sorry. He's not. Um, Don't believe me. But yes. 
Did you bleep last week's episode? I haven't. I probably. I don't know if I will. <laughs> we don't market ourselves as explicit. I'll bleep I think we it. could get in trouble for it. I don't I'll know. bleep it. Anyway, we'll talk about that off mic. Um, <laughs> Talked about it right now. <laughs> so, Corian, so Sean finally agrees. Cut to him playing the CD in Corey's living room. Mm-hmm. It was Vivaldi. Vivaldi's Four, Four seasons. seasons. Apparently he has been into it all day. Because he's like conducting it. He's like, listen to this part. Mm-hmm. It's like, if you, it just sounds like animals. Yeah. He doesn't say that yet. He says that to Debbie. Mm-hmm. Is it, does Corey talk to Sean before about, like, knowing when you're in love? Like, you feel like you're in love and it feels like you're seeing bunnies. and. I feel like that's in the next episode. No, because he mentions that he feels it about the purse girl. Oh, yeah. So that has to be in this episode. But Corey's mentions, like, it, when it, you're it's in love. At the table. You're in love and you know and you just wake up and you feel this way. And, and like, you're bunnies. floating and there's clouds and... And bunnies and lots of bunnies. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so we he, know why. Wink. So he does the. Um, he's like now the violin solo. And uh, he does plays like air violin. Yeah, he's like and he's conducting. Mm-hmm. And then Corey's like, we don't do this. He's like, why not? That's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. When you listen to uh, any sort of, I know it's not actually classical music. Well, well, four seasons. Is. But would be typically considered as classical music. Oh, why? I feel like there's actually a lot of different classifications based well, the, on the time period when things were written. Yeah. Like, most of what we consider classical isn't really classical. It's like Baroque or something. I don't know. I just knew... I, I guess there are reasons why you could say it's not classical, but most people would think of it as classical. I mean, that's what... I guess I'm kind of a stickler as to what people classify as classic rock, so maybe I'm not one to talk. I'm just gonna... Creed is not classic rock. I agree with you. Um... I'm just trying to see what it is. You can keep talking. What am I supposed to say? Cameron's Googling something. Cameron Google something. Cameron Google something. doesn't really say. There's sonnets that go along with it. How fun is that? It's concertos. Mm. Ooh, there's the sonnets. This is great audio. It doesn't really say. It doesn't say what they're technically considered. And that's a shame. I would, I mean, by It's, any it's traditionally what you would call classical music. Yeah. Um. Any layperson would probably consider yeah, it just cla- if it's if it's an orchestra or like instruments like that. Yeah, it's classical music. Isn't Four Seasons almost entirely strings though? Yeah, I mean it's a um, it's a violin concerto. Yeah, so that means I feel like be would... basically all there is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he's he's been into it all day. He's like Corey, it's so great. Here's the violin solo, and he he's like. What do you? This is not what she's expecting. Mm-hmm. We're not expecting this. Uh-huh. And then uh, they come in, and uh, they're both in nice dresses, and the boys are dressed, dressed like nineties nineties boys. <laughs> um, and they're like, "This is Debbie." And she's like, "Hi, you're really thin." Is that a good thing? <laughs> it's like, and she's like, "Yeah, what do you do? Do you live high intensity, low intensity, <laughs> cardio, kickboxing?" <laughs> Weight training. I eat a lot of burgers. Ooh, I eat fat to burn fat. <laughs> Debbie's an aerobics instructor. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> um, so they, she's like, so word around the gym is Sean Hunter's a good kisser. And you'd think, it being Sean. See, this is why I do think there's one writer that's got some subtlety. Mm-hmm. Because I think this scene specifically is full of great subtlety. Mm-hmm. Like, she's like, I hear he's a good kisser. And you'd think, like, this is Sean. You'd be like, uh-huh. Yeah, like, he's gonna, he's getting in there. 
But he's just like, <laughs> let's talk about this over here. Mm-hmm. Listen to this poem. Listen yeah. to this music. And she's like, why are you doing this to me? <laughs> yeah. And she's like, this is just not what she was expecting. And Topanga's like, look at that couple. And <laughs> Corey's like, I don't know. Sean doesn't sweat very much. <laughs> Um, which was very funny. And Sean's just having this epiphany. He's like, he's finding things he's actually interested mm-hmm. in. He's like, I need more yeah. out of relationships. Because I have like, even though this isn't real, this is like the ultimate parasocial relationship that he has with this purse girl. Yeah. Um, but it's like, he's like, I feel like I'm getting a lot of satisfaction out of connecting with this person yeah. at this level that I normally don't. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So this is the beginning, like this kind of moment of, I think the Brummies World guys call it like where Corey and Sean stop being Corey and Sean and start becoming Ryder and Ben. Like they stop being the characters they were supposed to be and being like more like the people that they were portraying. I disagree. Maybe for Corey, I don't really know. But I think Sean has been on this trajectory for a while. Like, I really don't think this comes out of... The blue. Absolutely nowhere. I mean, Sean is a... Oh, by the way, I meant to say this earlier. This is really random. But I have to say it or I'm going to forget again. Angela probably would not have lost that purse if they hadn't taken it. Yeah, (laughs) she left it right there. She would have gone back and said, oh, there's my purse. Yeah. Sorry, that was just the thing I thought. I'm like, I gotta get this out before I do it. But anyway. Um, but yeah, so I feel like there's this thing, like, Eric suddenly gets dumb. Sean suddenly becomes artsy. And I don't think either of those things are true. Mm-hmm. I think Sean... I mean, Sean is by far the most complex character in the show. Like, like it's not even, it's not even funny how wide the chasm is to the next most complex character because the show keeps doing things to Sean mm-hmm. <laughs> like you know his mom leaves and he has to live with a guardian figure who doesn't live up to his expectations and then he goes to live with his dad and then apparently his mom leaves again we don't really see that and then his dad leaves him again and Sean is just up and down, up and mm-hmm. down, up and down. Zed kicks him out to go live with his brother. Yeah, to, like his, his estranged brother. So Sean is like, every time subtlety does come up, um, I think of the, the abuse episode. Um, school of... Um, life Lessons. Life Lessons, yeah. I think of that. <laughs> and hopefully how, not School of Hard Knocks. Yes. <laughs> That'd be a terrible name for that episode. <laughs> um, that would be, you're right. But, like, we have this incredibly, like, subtle thing where, like, this is how a trauma victim would respond. Like, it makes sense for Sean to be doing this way. Home, I think, is one of the very first times where we get this great picture of how an abandoned kid, like, deals with abandonment. Mm -hmm. Like, and Sean has just been on this ride, I think, this whole time. Mm -hmm. Um, Sean's been on this ride of, like, complexity this whole time. And I think... Bits and pieces of this have been peeking through for a while. Like, Wake Up Little Cory. Not Wake Up Little Cory. Um, the pig episode. Uh-huh. Like. <laughs> there is a pig named Little Cory. Yes. That's uh-huh. why I said that. But. What's that one called? Farm Wisdom. No, I can't remember. I don't remember. But that episode, like. 
Sean gets emotionally invested in something, and he dedicates himself to it, and he obsesses about it, and he does research about it. Like, and he he learns it because it's important to him. Um, Airbnb's B&B. Like, Sean learns something about himself that he didn't know before um, about what he was capable of and what he can do. And, like, Feeny thinks I'm going to be all right in this world. Mm -hmm. Like, um... Yeah, and even in this episode with, uh... Or in this season, mm -hmm. like, the philosophy stuff. Yeah. And we're seeing, like, these threads. You see in cult fiction... Where it's like you're seeing kind of a lot of these things kind of come Sean exploring in a really ways. like quick way, mm -hmm. as we talked about in that episode, but in actually like a really thorough and well laid out way, if not hyper fast. But just like where you were seeing him kind of dealing with a lot of these things mm -hmm. and kind of coming to terms with some of it. And yeah. And I mean, a lot of times with Corey, of like the idea of a found family, like these friends that really stick by you. Mm -hmm. When your family actually doesn't, like his, he wrote a beautiful paper about the Hutus and the Tutsis. Mm -hmm. Not be well, beautiful we, yeah. in real life, beautiful uh, in the show. Beautiful in the show. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes metaphors are bad. Don't make that one. Don't make that comparison. Yeah. Just like we said before, don't compare stuff to the Russia-Ukraine situation because that's not it. Yeah. Don't don't compare stuff to the Rwanda genocide unless it's another genocide. Just don't do it. Um, but yeah. I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, but I think, I think if anything, this is where Sean is stopping being Chet and starting to learn to be Sean. Mm -hmm. Because I think at the beginning of the show, you really see a Sean who idealizes his father. And then you get a Sean who is really affected by his father, who runs from things just like his father does, who doesn't commit to anything just like his father does mm -hmm. um and then chet kicks him out and he starts becoming his own person mm -hmm. um and i think the philosophy episode is like kind of a really unsubtle way of showing like sean has layers mm -hmm. like an ogre yeah like an ogre he's like an onion um parfaits have layers <laughs> that's true trifles Mm -hmm. um, Layer of beef sautéed with peas and carrots. Ooh, that's an that's a friend's reference. It's a friend's reference. Yeah, <laughs> the, sure the you got that one. <laughs> uh, yeah, I got it. I actually just had shepherd's pie two nights ago. Yum! It was good. Uh, we got it. We got have a Costco membership now. Oh, look at you, <laughs> so domestic. I know, but we. Well, my one rule when we went in there is we have to get something for dinner that we wouldn't normally get. So shepherd's pie. Love it. It was good. Um, yes, we're seeing that in Sean here. Yeah. As he's, like, wanting more than he's ever really wanted before. Yeah. Because he's seeing that he's capable of more. And, and, and deserving of more. I think Sean is a tactile learner. Um, I think people are learning more and more how important learning styles are. That some kids learn audibly and some kids learn visually and some kids learn tactily and some kids learn, like, experimentally. Experimentally? Mm-hmm. Um, Experimentally. Um, uh, my friend, not my friend, my fiance. <laughs> I hope you're friends. I mean, I'm used to like hiding the fact that we're an item on here. So, um, But she is a really big proponent of like, there's even more than that. There's like naturally, like some kids learn better in nature and some kids learn better through music. And mm -hmm. like, and I think Sean is like an experimental, tactile person where it's not real unless he does it. Mm -hmm. Like he never can... Cons succeed in business until he does it like 
He can we're never not there yet. We're not to how to succeed in business. No, B and B's B and B. Oh right. We're not to that one either. He, we are to B and B's B and B. Yeah. He, you know, he could never go to college until he's there and he does it, and he can never get to know a girl until, until there's a no pressure situation mm-hmm. where he can do it. A no kissing situation. Yeah, like I know, like don't get in the way. Distraction situation. Mm-hmm. Now we also should bring up that falling in love with a girl's belongings is definitely falling in love with an idealized version of someone you built in your head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not great. <laughs> it's it's not great, but I think it fits. Yeah, Sean needed it. Yeah, and I'm glad that he got that. So I watching this episode, I was just like, man, I do feel like there's a lot to talk about with Sean here. Like, I really do feel like this is just adding another layer on top of, like, already the most complex character mm-hmm. in all of Women's World. Yeah. And his little date here with Debbie isn't going great. No. Well, I mean, it's over. Uh-huh. Like you, you said, just, she's already done that. Why are, like, are you doing, doing this to me? To me? Um, but then we cut to the next day, and Sean is, like, Giddy. exceptionally chipper. Yeah. And he's got, like, a coffee mug. Angela like talks to him. She's like, "Hey, I like your shirt. Oh, this old thing. Yeah, you got a new shirt. This old thing. No, it's just something. Like, he just seems really like bubbly. Yeah, very unshawn. Yeah, he uh, says he's seen bunnies. Uh huh. He's talking to Corey. He's like, I feel it. Like I felt it. And Sean, or Corey's like, That's great. Like who is it? And he's like, It's her, the purse girl. Mm-hmm. Like whoever she is. Like I feel this way about her. Um, and Corey's just like, No. Which is just. True, like yeah. you just said, like that's not a good thing. Yeah, you're you're falling in love with an ideal. I mean, that's just like social media. Yeah, before social media, it's like you brought up this person's put up there. I mean, it's just their purse. You don't <laughs> typically put your best foot forward in your purse. Like yes. that's where you just carry your stuff. But at least what Sean's gathered is like the aspects of this person that are just part of it. It's not the full picture of who the person is. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's just the way that it is. Yeah. Um, then we find out they found the person who the purse belongs to. Not yet. Oh, is that not where we are? No, that's in Corey's kitchen. Here right. But I mean, we this is basically done. Yeah. Corey's just like, no, you can't do this. Yeah. And, and I mean, we take away from this that Sean is happy. Mm-hmm. Like, he has fallen for the purse girl hard mm-hmm. because of all of the things he's found. And I think he's found things that he's actually interested in for once. Like, like I said, without the pressure of, like, society telling him exactly who he has to be. Yeah, I mean, the, the word around the gym is Sean Hunter's a great kisser. Yeah. It's like, that's the expectation of who Sean is, and that's what he likes, so that's what he's going to do. And and he's doing it by himself. He's not, like, he's not exploring it in front of other people. This is, like, something private mm-hmm. that he doesn't have to have other people's judgment. Yeah, like, he's reading these sonnets, and he's mm-hmm. listening to this music. And, and he's, he's finding it cool. He's like, uh-huh. this is interesting. Mm-hmm. He's like, I never would have done this otherwise. Mm-hmm. But now I am, and I'm finding it to be really interesting. Yeah. Like, this person likes these sonnets, but they also like Van Damme and Snowcaps. Well, maybe I'll like them too. Yeah. Like, who's to say I can't like this? If this person likes these buried things, mm-hmm. why can't I? Yeah. And so he does. He tries them out, and then he likes them. Yeah. I, I would dare to say, Sean is giddy because he's falling in love with the person he could be. <laughs> Ooh. Um, Ooh. and and i think that's a good thing like especially when like like i said i think it makes perfect sense that sean is who sean has been for the last four and a half seasons because of societal pressure 
because of where he's from. And getting to know this purse girl is no pressure. It's just Sean. And he's finding out that just like philosophy, he's interested in these things. Mm -hmm. And maybe because of philosophy, he's allowing himself to be interested in these things. Yeah. And he's like, there's so much more to the world. It's, did you know? Like, mm-hmm. some, Listen to this sonnet. Someone who saw snow for the first time. Like, uh-huh. did you know that ice falls from the sky? Like, <laughs> Yes, we here in Oklahoma know this. <laughs> um, we just had some. So, I, I don't know. I really liked it. I really like this. And I don't think... like I know, The classic is that Sean changes suddenly. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that's true. Yeah, I think, I think that it's breadcrumbs. Like, the trail is there yeah. leading to this moment. I also don't think Eric changes as suddenly as uh, suddenly as people say, but yeah, I mean we've been tracking his descent since season two. Yeah, even in season one, like hi, I'm stupid and superficial mm-hmm. with uh, Nebula. Oh goodness, <laughs> someone we need to not bring up. Yeah, stop the war. Nebula, no, we need to bring up Nebula. Stop the war. <laughs> Lawrence. Yeah. So she, she's been in Ukraine for a really long time. Um, but yeah. Anyway, I had a lot to say about this. I really liked it. Um, I thought it was surprisingly good writing. Mm-hmm. And I think they've done a great job with Sean's character arc. Yeah. I'm a fan. Yep. I think Sean's the only character in Boy Meets World who gets a character arc. has an arc. arc. Um, but they do a good job with it. They could have done more. <laughs> With more characters. I feel like they did a lot with Sean, and if they'd done more with other characters. Corey has a character arc. It goes this way. Down. I don't know. He starts pretty low, too. <laughs> he gets out of shovel. Yeah. He's not there yet. He he hits a pretty big high in season three. Yeah, three and a little bit of four. Yeah, I'd say I'd say Corey's sort of doing... Like, you know, it's like in one of those games where you're like a sled or a snowboarder, and you got to yeah. push the button to drop at the right times and let go to fly. He's doing one of those. Yeah. Because when Corey's on, he's on. We've enjoyed Corey a lot more this watch through than we thought. It's Alto's Odyssey, I think, is the name of one of those. Mm-hmm. It was really popular. Excite Mike, the mm-hmm. original. Yeah. Exactly <laughs> like that. Yeah. That's Corey's character arc. Up and down and up and down. Down and down and down. Corey's character arc for the rest of the season will just be like, true love, true love, true love, true love. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's enough out of you, guy. <laughs> uh, but it's not right now. Well, it sort of is. Yeah, but it sort of is. they're in the kitchen, and Sean yeah. says that the purse girl reached out. They found the flyer. They called. Jack took the message, so he doesn't know who it is. But he's meeting him at Chubby's. He doesn't want to go. He says Corey needs to go. He doesn't want it to like be over mm-hmm. or to like well, be ruined in some way. Yeah, he like doesn't want the feeling to go away. He doesn't want like reality to take away the pain. Mm-hmm. Which, again, I think is brilliantly subtle. Because he's like, I don't want the real world to take away the self-discovery I've made. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to go back into a situation that where this person that I've, I'm have i learning I am can't be me anymore. Mm-hmm. Oh, Sean. He, he's like, almost like the real world tells me that, that I can't and won't allow me to be. He's yeah. like, that's what I deserve in some way. Yeah. This is who, this is who I'm supposed to be. It's like the sun has come up a little bit. He doesn't want it to go back down. But he goes, he puts on Vivaldi. Yeah. And everyone in Chubby's is like, huh? But I mean, why? Vivaldi's on there. But yeah, I, there. Most people, when put to task, would say, I like classical music, even if they're lying. Mm-hmm. And we're just kind of like, oh, this is weird. Uh, but then the girl comes down, 
And Sean's like, <gasps> and it's, then it, it's brilliant that they play this in all silence as uh-huh. well. Yeah. It's like this moment, and then all of a sudden, this boy comes down the stairs, and then they're together. Which isn't isn't it the boy that Topanga dates? Or I'm not Topanga dates. Was it not the guy that Sean dates in? Um, in a chick like me. A chick like me. I don't know. I didn't pay that much attention. I. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It doesn't. It really doesn't. But then Sean storms to Cory and Topanga. He's like, yeah. It's just like, this is what I warned you about. Yeah, this is what you did. Uh-huh. This is what you took from me. <laughs> yeah, so they're like, don't do this. Don't fall in love with this not person. And then he does. No, Corey very much says fall in love with this person, but keep it going. <laughs> no, yeah. Um, whatever. We would say don't fall yeah, in love. Yeah, don't fall in love with that person. Corey doesn't have good advice. No. Um, but then so he's like, whatever. Like, this is dumb. And yeah. he goes off. And then Angela... And Beth come, and that purse had Angela's stuff in it. Like, Angela had borrowed the purse. Yeah, and then lost it. And then lost it. So that was all of her stuff. And Sean and purse. Corey stole it. Uh-huh. <laughs> but we've been over that. Um, the Donna Karen purse. The DKNY purse. I, you could still be making that up. It's re- I, it was right here. I've gotten off of that page It's now. fine. It's Look, f- there it is. I mean, sure, there's a purse. DKNY. Bada bing. Bada boop. That's not a purse. Because it's just people kissing. That's not, that's not, this is a clothing website, but the models were kissing. Look at those. Those are purses. A tote bag. I, bags. I am not saying that I doubt you. I am saying you could be fully lying to me. And I'd be like, uh huh. I don't want to enter my email, Donna Karen. Where's the pictures? Look. That looks just like Angela's or Beth's. Yes. There it is. Stop asking for my email, Donna. Okay, I'm just gonna get off that page. But the purse belongs to Beth, but the contents belong to Angela. And according to Pangara, like, <gasps> and then it says to be continued. Mm-hmm. And then we go right into the next episode. Again, Sean and Angela are on dates with different people. Yeah. Sean's dating this cheerleader girl. Who's not a cheerleader, apparently? I don't know. But then she's like, wanna make out? So they do. And then um, Angela's with this guy named Scooter. <laughs> No, his, his name is Ted. Sco- his coach calls him Scooter. Scooter, that's what he calls me. What'd you do, Scoot? <laughs> uh, he's like, yeah. And so I, you know, I saved the day. Want to make out? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Both both dating scenes end with. So you want to make out? Uh-huh. Um, <clears throat> Corey and Topanga are over there, not making out. Yeah. And Sean asks a question, like, get to know her. He's like, why do you think they wouldn't let you on the cheerleading team? And she's like, you want to make out? <laughs> yeah. He's trying. He's trying. Yeah. Um, but then, of course, she's like, I have to tell him. And Topanga's like, no, you don't. It's like, why not? Like, I, don't I don't know. Like, I don't know Topanga's reasoning here. Like, why well, not? Because Sean told him not to. Sean told him to butt out of his personal. Oh, I guess that's true. So that she wants to honor what Sean has said. Mm-hmm. But he's like, but look, we found the story's not over. Yeah, yeah. And Sean takes him trying to butt back in a little too well. I mean, again, I think, like, in Sean's world, Corey can really do no wrong. Uh-huh. But, oh, boy, does Corey ever butt in. <laughs> yeah. Big time. And he's like, boy meets butting in is the name of this episode. Yes. But Sean and uh, cheerleader girl, not cheerleader girl, anyway, are making out. And Corey's like, hey, can I talk to you for a second? He's like, it's better be important. I'm on a date. They're like, do you think purse girl is important? Yes. Very much so. And John's like, no, Corey, this is serious. 
yes, of course I do. <laughs> and he tells him that it's Angela. And he's like, Angela? no, it's not Angela. He's like, have you ever really looked at her? And he like goes and stares at Angela and he's like, she's like, what are you doing? It's like, it's Angela. He's like, he's like, it's Angela. And she's like, why are you looking at me like that? Because I never really mm-hmm. have before. Does he like point out she has the book of sonnets with her? I don't think here, does he? I think so. And she's like, oh, I never go anywhere without it. And then yeah. he's like, oh. <laughs> yeah. And then he like stumbles away. Uh-huh. He's like, it's Angela. Yeah. I, I looked at her. Um, and then he, yeah, that's that. And then they're at school and he's like, it, it's nothing. Like we, we had two weeks. It's over. It's done. Uh-huh. And Corey's like, really? And then she walks up and he. Like, he like goes into the janitor closet. Yeah. And then she, like, says something to him and leaves. Topanga comes. She's got some balloons. That yeah. Corey, like, sent her some balloons for their anniversary. Mm-hmm. Which is happening, right? To that day. I some can... sort of anniversary. Well, Sean says it's Wednesday, so it's uh, got to be another day. A couple days away. Um, but then Sean comes out of the closet and he's like, All these years of dating experience, she's out the window. I don't know what to do. This girl walks by and he's like, Hello, sir. I knew that was wrong. <laughs> yeah. I knew that was right. And, and Corey is loving it. Uh-huh. He's He's been waiting his whole life for this. He's like, yes, it's my time yes. to coach Sean Hunter. I am the relationship expert. You are the dating expert. I was mm-hmm. like, no, you're not worried. But... No, you really aren't. Um, As evidenced by much else of this episode. Yeah. So Angela comes over and she asks Sean if he wants to get a bite to eat. And he's like, sure. And then she gives him a seashell. I saw this and I thought of you. Yeah. And Topanga's like, do you like seashells? He's like, I like this one. (laughs) (laughs) I don't use this for adult men very often, but it was very cute. It was very cute. He's like, I like this one. He like pulls it back and like, I like this one. (laughs) Just very good acting. It is. Ryder Strong's part. Ryder Ryder be killing it. Mm -hmm. Um... Then is Sean sitting in the janitor's closet again? And Corey comes and is like yeah. saying, I'll coach you. Like, I'll tell you what to do. This is another point where I had to go yeah. tend to a child. So, yeah, Corey comes into the closet and Sean is, and he's like, it's a little black book. And he's like, yeah, early 90s edition. <laughs> and he's like, can I see it? No, no, no. There are some names in here that would upset your you and your parents. <laughs> do they ever? <laughs> and... Uh, he's like, well, but that's not you anymore. That's the old you. Which, again, gets to that idea of, like, oh, this is actually kind of bad. <laughs> like, like you don't get to decide this, Corey. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not the decider. You're not the standard. See, and again, like, I just question, and I know we've thrown it to the audience, so we won't dwell on it. How intentional is this? Like, am I reading into it that Sean is discovering himself, but Corey only thinks he's discovering how to be in a relationship or was it the intention of the writer well i mean Corey's not the most unoblivious person he's extremely oblivious i guess self-focused i mean art art belongs to the people who consume it right so i can take this about this episode and not be wrong but i am curious about the artist's original intent because like to me it seems very clear that sean is going on a journey of self-discovery and Corey is making it all about a relationship mm-hmm. and thus Sean is making it all about a relationship. When it's not. When it's not. It's about who Sean is. And there's the rub. 
to quote Shakespeare. <laughs> um, yeah, but so Corey is going to be kind of along for the ride as Sean's going out to get a burger. Yeah, and yeah, Corey says like, "Is there one name in there that's important?" And he flips to the first page, like first name in the book, Angela. Hmm, what she could be ahead of that, Amanda. Um, he's never dated an Amanda. We don't know. I guess never, because they're not the first one in the book. I'm trying to think of other Amy. Angela? Angela. What about it? I guess A-M-Y. I yeah. was thinking A-N-Y for some reason. Any. Any. <laughs> Say any girls. As as Wordle has taught me, I don't know what any words are ever. <laughs> words are dumb, and they don't make any sense. On today's Wordle, I literally used the word Sheol. <laughs> you did. <laughs> I mean, you never know. Agora was the word. For you, that's when I had aroma, when the the lists broke apart and then converged back together. I got a really weird Greek promenade word. Uh, sort and, of like a marketplace. And you got aroma. I got aroma. You got agora. Um, and I was like, I just put random things in here because I didn't, I didn't know. Mm-hmm. But I was like, man, it starts with an S and... I need to get some words out of there. I need an S. I'd like to get an L out of there. Sheol. Sheol. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Why not? It worked for me. I got mm-hmm. it in four. Yeah, I got it in five or six. Um, um, anyway, that was our Wordle. Our audience is really <laughs> caring about how we did it on Wordle, you know, 11 days ago. Uh, the point stands. I don't know what any words are ever. Yeah. Words are all made up. I mean, that's I th- true. I think I was thinking Angie, but I said Angela. <laughs> anyway. Angela would come before Angie. Yeah, I think you're right. I would. I just hadn't done it in my head yet. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but he's out with Angela and things are going well. Um, they're just like talking, really hitting it off, doing great. He's like, how do we go out again this weekend? She's like, oh, I can't. Or go to the movies. Like, mm-hmm. let's go to the movies this weekend. She's like, I can't. I'm seeing Ted. On Friday. He's like, you're still seeing Ted? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then he just starts to spiral. Yeah, he spirals. But in a, like, really realistic uh-huh. way. It's like, oh, uh, I need to go check on the food. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. So he goes to do that and... Uh, Corey, quote unquote, coaches him. He's like, you gotta just tell her how you feel. And then Sean says, okay, that means... I never want to be away from you. Or, like, I want you in my life always. It's the equivalent of, like, I want to cut off your skin and wear it as a hat. Yeah. Um, and Angel's just like, I'm going to go. Yeah, he comes out way too strong. He just, like, word vomits like we should be together. Uh-huh. And, like, doesn't explain, like, anything about the purse. Like, mm-hmm. hey, while I had your purse. Which you maybe didn't even know. Yeah, I don't know if she knows it or not. Yeah. But he's like, when I had your purse, I found all these things, and I found them intriguing, and it made me want to get to know you more, so let's go out. No, he doesn't do that. Yeah, there's no, he doesn't. He's like, this is how I know, like, you like these things. It's not weird. It's maybe a little weird. But it's not out of nowhere that I know that you like these things. Yeah. Instead, it's like, I want to be in love with you forever like Cory and Topanga. It's like, I'll see ya. (laughs) Yeah, and she does the appropriate thing Uh of leaving. Gets the Sam Hill out of there. Though, Sean, word vomiting these things is very realistic for a child who is discovering all this stuff out. Uh For the first time. So, for real. So he's just like... What what have I done? Mm-hmm. 
And then... Kind of forgetting the order of events. I know where it ends up. I'm trying to think. Is there another scene in... The school? The school. I don't think there is. I think there is. Yes, because we have the black book again. Kashan's smashing his head against the locker. Right. And he pulls out the black book, and then Corey's like, this isn't who you are anymore. And then he looks, and he's like, my aunt. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Which is gross. And... And illegal. They could be a really young aunt. I suppose that's possible. I mean, Maya dates uh, Corey and Topanga's... Or, uh, Corey's brother. Yeah, so... Yeah, her best friend's dad's brother. Mm-hmm. So it's not... I mean, it's not crazy. Even yeah. though that one is four years apart. Now, four years isn't much, but it is... But there is, there's a line yeah. in between that four years. <laughs> yes. That everyone needs to be on the same side of that line. Well, he's only a senior, but... Everyone needs to be on the same yeah. side of that it's, it's messed up, for sure. Um, anyway, not talking about Girl Man's World right now. This is like the third or fourth time we've mentioned it in this episode. I think it's important. Um, but he convinces, like, you need to, like, tell her how you feel or yeah. try again. So he goes to Chubby's, and she's on a date with Scooter. Ted. <laughs> Todd? Ted? Ted. Um, but he, they're, like, sitting same side of the booth. Morally so needed. Re- they needed to be broken up. It needed to be over. But Sean comes and he sits down and he's... I think he, this time he kind of comes at it a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Still doesn't fully explain, like, I was the one who found your purse. Like, I looked in at the stuff, but he's just like, I like all this stuff about you. Like, we have so much yeah. in common. I like these things about you and we have fun together. Mm-hmm. And, like, I think we need to keep doing this. And Scooter doesn't even care. He's just like, I'm leaving. Yeah. <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> I paid for these fries. Yeah. <laughs> It's funny because she's like, Scooter, like, don't leave. Um, he's like, I paid for these fries. Yeah. So he takes them with him. He thinks that's what she's talking about. Yeah. Scooter. Honorable mention to Scooter. <laughs> no honorable <laughs> mentions to Scooter. Get him out of here. He's standing in the way of true love. Coach is like, put me in. Scooter, go out there and save the day. And what, gee, Scooter, what happened? I saved the day. And what happened, Scoot? <laughs> I feel like if someone referred to themselves as Scooter, I'd have to call them Scoot. Yeah, probably. <laughs> probably. Oh no, Scoot. I'm um, dang, Scoot. And, you know, she's like, this doesn't make any sense. We're two weakers. He's like, if you honestly don't want to, like, I'll leave. And then mm-hmm. the next thing we see is Sean in a suit. Yes. Corey's like sending Topanga a plant, a fern, a fern or a ficus for their anniversary of something. We still haven't established what it is. We get there in the episode. Um, but then Sean comes down in a suit and he's like, I told her this was going to be casual. He's like, that's my casual suit. <laughs> um, Alan is giving them a hard time. Yeah, giving Corey. Corey a hard time. He's like, you're ridiculous. You're 90. Yeah. Like smacks him on the head with the newspaper and leaves. Um, as yeah. he should. Excuse me. Um, I, I agree with you and I don't. Because I feel like this leads to the modern sensibility of like putting effort in is lame. The whole simping thing. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, he is pretty ridiculous. Corey is? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, so over the top. Um, yeah, for real. And then he's just dragging Sean into it. Yeah. Like, making Sean wear his clothes, go to his restaurants, do his stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, this ain't it. Yeah. This ain't Sean. Um, yeah, and, and Sean yeah. is not his normal confident self. He is flustered the whole time. He's like, I don't know. Uh-huh. Uh. But they go, they're at, what's it called? Borelli's. It's where dreams come true. Yeah, we have 
a uh, new restaurant. A new restaurant. Our second restaurant. Uh-huh. There's two restaurants in Philadelphia now. People, Chubby's and Borelli's. And that mob restaurant, which wasn't really a restaurant. Yeah, I was supposed to say. And it was the Chubby set, just yeah. redecorated. And, yeah. Borelli's does not seem to be the Chubby set. No. I, it I looks didn't, a little different. I didn't look super well. Looks like the door's right there. There's no stairs. Yeah. It probably is just reworked in some way, but... It did not appear immediately to just be Chubby's. Mm-hmm. It was much deeper than Chubby's. Right. But... Sean and Angela are at the table, and she's like, this is really nice. Like, this isn't us. And Sean's like, this is nice? I don't think this is nice. Are you, you really? You think that? And then they both take a drink of water and win their cup. <laughs> and take their old water cups and give them new water cups after their drink. <laughs> and everyone else in the restaurant is like 90 years old. Yeah. Um, for real. Um, and then they're kind of talking about that, but then who should walk in? Corey and Topanga. Wearing the exact same suit as Sean. Uh-huh. Color and everything. Everything. Both got their casual suits on. Yep. And Topanga's mad at him. I'm not even sure why. I think she's it's starting to lay that out where she's like, it's not about the fern or the ficus. It's the fact that you're weird. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, why are we doing this? Um, though she dressed up and went along with it, too. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And it keeps cutting back and forth to, like, Corey not understanding Topanga and Angela not understanding Sean. And... Then they come and talk about the goose liver. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the maitre d' of the restaurant is really funny. Yeah, he's funny. Eduardo, I think they said it was his name. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's really good and just, like, very funny. Um, according to Panger, just arguing off to the side. Mm-hmm. Um, and Sean and Andrew are like, this isn't us. We need burgers. Yeah, well, yeah, Eduardo comes over to take their order and they're like, oh, you didn't like the, the goose liver? And they're like, no. No, why would we? And then Angel's like, well, if you know me, why did you take me here? He was like, because I have no idea what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he can do the two weeks. Yeah. He can do the making out. He can do the chubbies. Anywhere beyond that, he's not sure. So he's like latching on to the closest thing he's seen to a stable relationship. Mm-hmm. Which is Corey and Topanga. Not Amy and Alan. <laughs> no, not Amy and Alan. <laughs> not anybody that's like... Alan is very mean to him sometimes. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, why would you want to be like Alan? Um, yeah, so he's like, I just did this because it's what I thought was supposed to happen. Yeah. What Corey had told me I needed to do. Yeah, yeah. He, well, she, she's like, who convinced you this was a good idea? Well, I'm not one to name any names, but Corey. Corey, <laughs> Corey it was all Corey. Yeah. And he's like, can I take this tie off? And she's like, please never wear a tie again. And then they, Maitre D comes over again and is like, did you decide anything? And I'm like, can you get rid of all of this? Uh-huh. She brings us burgers. And he's like, what? <laughs> he's like, well, Borelli's is a place where dreams come true. And they're like, get fries and ketchup. And he's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> ketchup. <laughs> and, and then he's like, so what, what were you thinking? And he's like, I just want what they have. And then it cuts to Corey and Topanga. And she's, like, she's like, I don't want to put the sweet and low in my purse. <laughs> <laughs> just a wonderful season two callback right there. Yeah. Yeah. I, the, I immediately thought of, they want you to take the rolls. Uh-huh. And he steals all the sweet and low. Right. <laughs> in that one. Uh-huh. Then they're just fighting. And she's like, I don't. What is this the anniversary of anyway? Is it the first time we kissed? The first time you asked me out? The first time we went on a date? What is it? He's like, it's the anniversary of the first time we went to Borelli's. <laughs> She's like, I hate Borelli's. 
this. And they're like, you have to be quiet. You have to be quiet. And she goes. <laughs> and he backs off. Uh-huh. And then. Thank you. <laughs> he says, thank you. Thank you. And he runs away. And she's yelling at him. And she's like, why aren't you mad? And he goes, grr. Grr. He's like. And that diffuses the whole thing. Uh-huh. He's like, I can never really be mad at you. Uh-huh. And she's like, then why are we here? He's like, I just thought this is what you liked. She's like, no, I want to be 17. So Corey <laughs> flings everything off the table in a dramatic fashion, and they start making out. Uh-huh. And then Eduardo comes around the corner. He's just like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> Those are dreams come true, Eduardo. What you're saying? Yeah, what dreams, Corey's dreams here. Um, I want to find the name. Of this person. Like Eduardo? Actor. I need to know who Eduardo is. He's just very good. Salem Grant as uh, Ted. Brian George. He just seems familiar. Let's see what else he's in. We're in another Cameron Google something. He was Alfred in Batman the Killing Joke. So he's a voice actor some. Uh, Hotel Transylvania. Um, he's in The Expanse. Who is he? Um, Arjun Avrasaria. I don't know who that is. I think he comes in. I've only read a little bit of the second book, but I think he comes in as like a main character of that. I've read the second. I've read the first half of the second. Maybe. I can't remember exactly. He's the voice of Rear Admiral Kohoku in uh, Mass Effect. Yeah, he does a lot of voice acting, it looks like. Um, we'll go Pup back Academy. to the 90s. Big Bang Theory. He's in the Big Bang. Who cares about that? Um, still looks like a lot of voice acting. But where the Batman, Professor Pig. And I like I like Professor Pig as a character. Um, he is a voice in uh, Diablo Three, Heroes of Warcraft, Hearthstone. Um, it looks like a lot of smaller parts. He was in a voice in the Old Republic, not Knights of, but just the Old Republic. Handy Manny. Is Handy Manny? No, he's not Handy Manny. That's Wilmer Valderrama. V- Wilmer Valderrama. <laughs> I can't say it. I got so excited. Oh uh, no, he's not Handy Manny. He's Mr. Kumar. Of course. Duh. Um, yeah. A lot of voice acting. He's in Kim Possible. My life has changed. A lot. He's in Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, the video game. Never mind. Yeah, video game. Yeah, Captain Hector Barbarossa in Kingdom Hearts 2 Final Mix Plus. I was assuming he'd be in the rest of the Kingdom Hearts 2s as well. Yeah, he's the voice. He's the voice of Barbosa in all the Pirates of the Caribbean games. Okay. Um, this is... What a... This man deserves all of our praise. What's his name? Uh, Brian George. He's my new favorite. Brian George, we love you. Come on, Come the, on show. the show. Come on the show. He's Israeli from Jerusalem. Come on the show, Brian George. I mean, the name makes sense, Brian George. Um, we want you on here. Yeah, we need to... What was it like? We're going to Borelli's. Um, yeah, I mean, this is kind of the end where yeah. Sean and Angela are like, let's yeah. just... See what happens. Well, but they also we, say, like, we want what, we want they, what have. they have. Which kind of kills the whole thing. Yeah, a Because what bit. they have is, like, messed up. Yeah, and that's why I say I feel like the episode is framed as Corey is going too far, but he's right. Mm-hmm. It's like he's right in going too far. Which is, I don't think it's true. Well, not that he's right in going too far. It's just that, like, he's right, but he's just going a little too far. Oh, he's yeah. Being okay, too. I see there. I disagree. He's not right. They need yep. to be Sean and Angela. I, I disagree as well. I know. I'm just, I'm voicing it. Yeah. From my, you said it already. I'm saying it now. Um, but then we have our final scene of Thanksgiving mm-hmm. where the boys don't have anything for Thanksgiving and they open the door 
Everybody walks in with their dishes, as we already said. Did mm-hmm. we already say that? Yeah. Yeah, they can't even make toast. But then Sean and Angela are there too, which here it's kind of like, why? Like, Sean makes sense, but why is Angela there? Yeah, but knowing sense. later seasons, we know why. Yeah, I guess that's true. Um, so it makes sense kind of in hindsight, uh, just because her dad's in the military, mom Not isn't around. around. So I do wonder who have, raises Angela. I don't know. We just chase Angela in this episode. We don't raise her. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard I've heard of like single parents in the military where the base basically raises the kid. Mm. So maybe that's what's going on here. Maybe. Um, but yeah, that's they're just like Sean's like, I'm thankful for the things in my life. Mm-hmm. Meaning Angela. Yeah. And that's the end. Yeah. Of the she says me too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's good. Yeah. There it is. There there it is. Two episodes. It's been a while since we've done that. Mm-hmm. Remember when we used to get it in like a tight Hour 15. Sure. These, more than any episode this season, this gave us stuff to talk about. Yeah, a lot to talk about. There's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of boons with lore going on. There's a lot of interesting relationship dynamics that we've never really gotten to talk about before. Yeah, and I mean, Corey says he's been friends with Sean. He says, like, they're 17. And he said for, like, 15 years. We should have put him at two, but we've already seen a flashback just a few episodes ago. Yeah. Oh, uh, that's not the case. They meet when but they did. We did have the time travel where we have. We don't know exactly which timeline we're in right now. Yeah. Well, I chalked that up to like an exaggeration. People use people use. Yeah, so we've numbers. been friends our whole lives. Yeah. Like my my wife and her friend uh, Jen. I feel like we'll often say that like, we've been friends our whole lives and like we've been friends since eighth grade actually. Yeah. Because that's when they first met. They really became friends. Yeah. I. When, when you use a really round number like that, I'm willing to spot you. Like uh, At a certain point, we'll just say we've been friends our whole lives. It's true. We've been friends our whole adult lives. Mm-hmm. So. We're getting closer and closer to being friends longer than we weren't. Yeah. Yeah. We're at 15 years almost. We're 33. So, yeah. yeah Ridiculous. Years. Ridiculous. Um, but, yeah. So, I just... I don't think that's a thing we need to figure out in the timeline. No. Because, like, round numbers like that. Exaggeration. We're people. Um, But, yeah, like, there's just a lot going on in these episodes. If he had said, we've been, I've been with Corey 11 months and 12, or 11 years, 12 months, or whatever. Yeah. If he had been specific, then I'd We would need to (laughs) bust out our wall chart. (laughs) Like, I pull down these curtains in my house that we never lower, and there's just, like, a chart of (laughs) Boy Meets World that's like... My wife cannot see. How, how do we make this work? But like 15 years, it's like, that's just one of those things you say. Mm-hmm. Like, it's true for you and I, but yeah. if I was guessing how long we would have been friends, I would have been like, we probably been friends for like 15 years? Yeah, something know. like that. We've known each other close to that long. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the very least. Um, so yeah, I don't I don't have a problem with that. You we can put it on the timeline if you want. No, we don't need to. I just I, that stood out to me as I was like, hold on, no, they haven't. The the Topanga story is a bit problematic. The kissing in the sandbox. Yes. Since we already had their first kiss on the locker. Yeah. At eleven. And I think we'll get one more conflicting story here in a little bit. Uh-huh. Um. Right now, I don't have a huge problem with it. I think we will have to address it later. But so far, here is the piece of information. Corey and Topanga used to go for walks in strollers together. So 
they've known each other since they were babies. Mm-hmm. Now we've got them at four. Um, Corey liking her at four. Uh-huh. Then we know we reach a certain point where Eric tells Corey he shouldn't like girls. Yeah, me. So he stops liking girls. And she, he throws dirt at her, as Topanga says. Mm-hmm. And like the whole uh, long walk to Pittsburgh thing, like giving us, giving her fireflies and mm-hmm. all that. So we know that they were close and then they were apart and then they have another kiss. At 11. At 11. Handcuffed to the lockers. Yeah. So I don't. I don't necessarily. Yeah, have I don't think a there's a with problem that. with it. You don't really remember things at four. Yeah, especially so vividly. Yeah, so I think this is just a cute anecdote more mm-hmm. than it is anything. But I do think we're going to have another story that conflicts with everything we know. And we'll come to that one. We'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Yeah. Well, we will unravel that timeline and how it works when we get there. Yes. But right now, I don't think it's a big enough problem that we need to... Judge Lamb, where are you? <laughs> we need you. <laughs> we've got a magical cat that turned back time. We've, uh-huh. we've got, we've got branching timelines. <laughs> yep. We still never really used the Minkus factor. That's true. Of him yeah. being outside time. But I think we're going to need it eventually. We are going to need it eventually. And we did use it for the Turner theory. <laughs> yes, but that's for fun. The rest of this is for business. As far as I'm concerned, the canon reason Turner disappears, disappears is because he's of that. Corey from the future. It's because he's Corey from the future. <laughs> and no one talks about him or references him ever. Because he's removed from the timeline. Because he's removed from the timeline and thus he cannot be observed even in people's memories. It only makes sense. It. Why else would such a prominent, important character... Feeney doesn't even even think another teacher works there anymore. He's like, I teach English, I teach history, I teach film, and I'm in charge of the Lost and Found. So, I'm just... What else is there? I'm just saying, it it works too well to not be true. Um, How true that is. But anyway. Anyway. Ratings. Ratings. I'm going to give this little duology like a 9. Interesting, okay. Maybe a 9.25. Oh, wow. I'm going to give it a 2-5 bump. Wow. Were they perfect? No. But I really enjoyed what there was. Mm-hmm. It was a nice ride start to finish. This this is actually complicated for me. Because... Well, isn't it always? No. Last week was not complicated for me. No. It's never that complicated when it's bad. <laughs> um, This is complicated for me because I actually think the first episode... Man, I might give a 9.5 or maybe even a 10. Like... I think the first episode is great. The second episode loses me a little bit. Um, I just don't know that it's as well done as the first episode. Um, it's a little more slapstick. Way too much Corey. Um, Corey's at least got a sincerity in the first episode. In the second one, he's just kind of a joke. Mm-hmm. He so is Corey. I might give the second episode like a 7.5 or an 8. So I'm thinking... So average together, that'd be like a what? An 8.75 to 9? <laughs> yeah. You know what? You did a point something something, so I'm going to do an 8.75. Okay, so these are average at a 9. <laughs> this is definitely tournament worthy. Yeah. Well, I, I like both episodes. I like. I think the first one is, is stronger than the second. Um, I would agree. I think the Eric and Jack stuff is stronger in the first one than the second. Um, again, I still don't really know why it's in there, but it's fine. Um, I think... I think that is stronger than the second episode. Uh, the second episode, and I think Corey is more likable in the first episode. Sean's great throughout all of it. Sean's wonderful. I mm-hmm. like that he's befuddled and doesn't know what to do at the end. Yes. So 
That should just bring us to our MVP. Yeah, our MVP is Sean. It's Sean. These are Sean's episodes. Clearly. Honorable mention to Feeney in episode one and Alan in episode two. And honorable mention to Angela. Angela, she is amazing. Yeah. Trina McGee. She... Come on the show. She really seems like someone worth pursuing. They give her dimension. They mm-hmm. give her... She, she she probably has more personality than Topanga at this point. Oh, I mean, that's not that hard. <laughs> um... She probably has more personality than Topanga at this point. Um, I think she will lose a lot of that, unfortunately. But maybe I'm wrong. I can be pleasantly surprised. Um, But yeah, she's fantastic. She is definitely my runner-up for MVP. If she was in it a bit more... Yeah, I think we'll be seeing some Angela MVPs coming up in this season. Yeah. But yeah, I really think... Because she's gone for most of this first episode. Um, And what we get from her in the second is great. Mm -hmm. But if she was in it... It's just Sean's journey. Mm-hmm. And Ryder does a great acting job. Yeah. So I, I agree. I think there's no. And what should we call it? Boy meets stolen purse. <laughs> Boy meets stolen purse. <laughs> I do love, like, how clearly I noticed this time. <laughs> they <laughs> stole that purse. <laughs> it's like, that's not a table at school. Someone could just, like, go back for that. <laughs> and then Boy meets Borelli's. I'm going to name them a part one and part two, but with the same name. Uh, Boy meets stolen purse, part one. It doesn't work for a part two. Boy meets returned purse. Boy meets lost purse, part one. Boy meets purse girl, part two. Couldn't they just both be purse girl? I guess so. Boy meets purse girl, because then they find out who the purse girl is. Boy meets purse girl, part one and two. I like it. Okay, print it. There it is. We did it. We did it. We did a whole episode. It started with lots of tangents, but it didn't end with lots of tangents. No, we stayed fairly focused. We We had... Guys, this is what we're talking about. We don't tangent for no reason. Well, sometimes we do. Yeah, it's fun. I may mean, Toby Keith would beg to differ. <laughs> T- tangents are fun. I, I have I have a Yeasty Boys here in a second. Oh, me too. Ah, we have, both have Yeasty Boys. Good. Um, but when the episode gives us something to talk about, let's talk about it, baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> yes. Let's talk about it, baby. <laughs> BB. I, uh, what was the episode where I was just not having any of it? Like, I, neither of us were, because I was like, what do we need to talk about? That college isn't the end-all beat-all that... Is it the philosophy one? Oh, no, it was the, it was the episode where Corey and Sean have their fight. Oh, uh uh-huh. And, and we were just so done with it, and we just kept tangenting and tangenting Uh and I want to avoid whatever this is. That's not what was happening here. No. See, sometimes we just can't help it. If the episode gives us something to talk about, we can stay on task. Oh, dear. Did we ever. (laughs) Just looking at the time ticking up. We had a lot to talk about. Yes. Um, But yeah, so, Yeasty Boys. No. Sleep. Till Bobka. Um, You want to go first? Uh, Yes. Go for it. I never go first. I'm excited. I don't know if that's true. Um, this is a long-running segment. Um, so, as I told you, my fiancé and I became Costco members. Mm-hmm. There's one specific reason why we became Costco members, and one specific reason only. I mean, we've been talking about it for a while, and like getting a membership and trying it out for a year and seeing if we use it, and stuff like that. But the thing that pushed us over the edge is we were with some friends the other day, and they were like, oh, have you tried cinnamon butter bread? Hmm? And we were like, what now? Like, it's this thing that they bake fresh every day at Costco. We were like, I I guess not. And they gave us some. And it was delightful. It is this kind of cakey, but not too sweet, 
like, oh, just this magical bread. And the first thing we did when we became Costco members. We went and got that bread. We're like, and now we're going to go find some cinnamon butter bread, right? Yes. Yes, dear. So we uh, we went to Costco. and you, So it is it is a loaf. They only come in packs of three. So we have three loaves right now. Well, two and a half. And you didn't bring me one? <laughs> we thought about it as we were coming. We're like, we should have brought bread. Um, I thought we were friends. But after we, all we've been through, <laughs> maybe next week. Um, we'll be bad by then. We'll go again. Yeah, okay. If you get a three pack of cinnamon butter bread, I'm your man. Um, is it sliced? No, you you slice it yourself. But it's like a loaf about the size of a, um, like a banana bread, mm-hmm. and it's just I don't know. It's it's crumbly. It is covered in cinnamon, like every inch covered in cinnamon, kind of like a churro. Mm. Um, I'm here for it. But it's the texture of like like a banana bread, um, and it just tastes like home. Ooh. So if you're at Costco... You don't know what home tastes like, Chance. I, I'm learning. This is what you would imagine if home tasted <laughs> yeah. like something. This, this is, is what, what it would taste like. This is what I would imagine. Um, so if you're at Costco, go to their fresh baked section uh, and get yourself some cinnamon butter bread. I'm already there. I don't have a Costco membership. I could probably use my parents... I used their Sam's Club membership. You probably could. I just hate going to that part of more. Why? I absolutely hate the 19th. But you can take Santa Fe up. It's it's just an absolute garbage part of town to ever exist. I don't want to go there. Oh, see, we take Santa Fe up a lot, and it's fine. It's just the worst. I guess you go across 4th instead of at 19th. 4th isn't as bad. Well, but you don't even have to... Sam's is before 19th if you're going from, from Norman. Sam's is just here in Norman. No, 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 not Costco. Costco. Costco's over there kind of behind Target, right? Yeah, it's behind Target, but you don't have to get to 19th. So if you go over... I guess you can get off like Indian Hills. Well, don't even get on 35. Our our audience is loving all this talk. <laughs> I don't like that part of more. I think it disgusts me that it exists. See, we take we take Santa Fe up to um, Heyday a lot. It's repugnant, Chance. <laughs> He just needs to take more back roads. My body's like a back road. <laughs> um, anyway, there's some, there's some, some bringing it back together. I just want to mention last weekend, I was getting groceries. It was like maybe Thursday or Friday, and I grabbed some, and I'm like, "Ooh, I see a loaf of brioche bread at Walmart," and I got it. And I haven't made this since probably like eighth grade, but I made some French toast. With this brioche bread for the boys for breakfast on Saturday. It was so good. And then I took the rest of it and I, the next day I put butter on it and cinnamon sugar and put it in the broiler and made like cinnamon toast with it. And it was also very, very good. That sounds delightful. French toast is good. Cinnamon toast, also very good. I saw something on TikTok. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. But they took um, a Walmart angel food cake and... Um, they made the stuff for French toast without the vanilla because Angel Food Cake is already vanilla flavored. They mixed it all up and then they made the Angel Food Cake into French toast. Apparently, it was fantastic. So, I don't see how it couldn't be. <laughs> so there you go. There it is. There you have it. Try that out. That was Easty Boys. No a podcast oh. within a podcast. Sorry. No <laughs> sleep till Bobka. We can never have Bobka. Um, if you would like to uh, send us some bread, we will... Uh, Reach out. We'll let you know. Yeah, how. we'll DM you. Um, don't send us a babka. No, you can't. 
this, unless you really hate this series. Yeah. If, 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 if this you segment, get a bunch of Bobkas in the mail, we'll know. <laughs> okay, people are tired of this. Yeah. It was worth it to them to buy and ship bread to us to get us to stop. Yes. They couldn't just like unsubscribe. Thank you for not doing that. Yeah. Thanks for giving us a Bobka to get us to stop rather than not listening. We have to- we have made a rule that the first person we that sends us a Bobka, we're done. Mm-hmm. Yeasty Boys ends forever. Please don't. <laughs> or do. Send us other bread. <laughs> yeah, send us any, other any bread. Any bread will do. We will talk about your bread on uh-huh. there. Yeah, maybe it's your grandmother's recipe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Try to get it to us or it would arrive about Friday, Saturday. Oh, yeah. Because then we can eat it fresh. Maybe I, even on air. We'll, we will eat your bread on air. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is good. This is, is good. Are you doing a limit break? Yes, just to say I finished Final Fantasy VII last night. It was pretty good. So that means you've done 8, 9, 10, and now 7. Uh-huh. What's next? I will probably... Well, next, I'm taking a break because Triangle Strategy comes out. Yeah, Triangle But then Strategy. I think I'm going to do 10, 2, and then 12. Really? No 6? I don't have 6 on my Switch. I mean, that's true. You could get it on your phone, Pixel Remastered. Mm-hmm. Well, you have... Wait, well, I think I have 6 on my phone. You I have, bought it a long time ago. You have six on my Super Nintendo. Oh, I do. Yeah. You can play it on. It's going to have a little bit of translation funniness, but that might that's make it more that's fun. That's fine. Well, I'll, I'll probably play six this year. I think six is very much still in the vein of seven, eight, and nine. Um, I think it's the perfection of the, the 2D model, mm-hmm. but still, like, a lot of the design philosophy is the same as seven, eight, and nine. Um, so it's kind of the perfect bridge. Mm-hmm. Between the two, so while those are fresh, I would highly recommend. I'll check it out. out. I played some of six before. Um, oh, the twist in the middle of six. Oh. I think I like the uh, like the Esper, is it Esper's mm-hmm. Idolans Esper's, Esper's. The Esper system of like learning stuff, which is just different. I didn't like Jasmine Seven. I don't really care for the materia system. Yeah, I've never. It's just like convoluted. Time. The fact that it's like oh, I switch characters, I have to take all their stuff off them. And then switch them and then put it all back on the other person mm-hmm. in the way. And then um, and it just really limits you to what you can do. The more you have, the worse your character is in terms of the things that like keep them alive. Yeah. Like they hit weaker and they have less health. I w- I've, I've said it for years and I will continue to say it. The fact that the materia system makes each character feel interchangeable uh-huh. in a lot of ways... <clears throat> Makes the characters in the story feel more interchangeable. Yeah. And like the characters are archetypes. They're they break into classes pretty easily. Like Cloud is a fighter, um, Aerith is a white mage, Tifa's a monk, Sid is a dragoon, Yuffie's a thief or a ninja, um, Barrett and I don't know where exactly Barrett would fall. Maybe just like a archer, archer. Yeah. type character. Um, Red Thirteen sort of a buff. He sort oh, of buff. I, I thought he would be your black mage. Um Maybe a little bit of that, but he also has some buff stuff, like his limits. I feel like their limits really kind of speak to their classes. And then Vincent's sort of a shapeshifter. Kate Sith is, I don't even know. He's a gambler, I guess. Yeah, Seitzer was in uh, Six, mm-hmm. and he was... So, he was so yeah, they, they all kind of break into that, but like then you can just make anyone be anything. Like They have sort of natural ways their stats break. Like, but even be that, better towards certain things, but you can just shift those. Yeah, you can shift those with the materials. With the materia and the source, the items, like the mine source and the mm-hmm. all of that. So, it's a bit of a bummer, because I like the characters. I like, well, I didn't really like Tifa's arc, 
because I feel like through all of it, she's like this super awesome woman who is like really strong and like capable. And then suddenly she gets in a slap fight with the Shinra seat, like female executive on top of a giant gun. Like the whole point is you just are slapping each other. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, why are we doing this? Yeah. Well, and I think Tifa falls off a little lot more too when you learn like she is not really questioning or she's letting Cloud kind of tell his story without being like, hold on. Yeah, she knows the truth, but she's not like confident enough, which her whole thing seems to be confidence. But like she's not really confident enough to be like, no, that didn't really happen. She likes starts to question her own sanity for no reason. Mm-hmm. Like, wait, am I remembering wrong? It's like, why do you... Why do you need to why, why buy would you into think this that? delusion? So. Um, yeah, it's... I mean, the story's... I like it, because... I mean, I, I tweeted about it. But, I mean, the central conflict is, like, Avalanche versus Shinra. It's like these eco-terrorists versus this corporation that sort of runs the world. And it gets crazier than that, but that still kind of holds through the whole thing. Yeah. To an extent, like, that's who they're fighting against the whole time. Yeah. It's like, we're saving the planet. And yeah, Sephiroth's bad news, but Shinra is also really bad news. Yeah. Um, so I kind of like that. It doesn't doesn't hold up all the way through. Yeah, but, should, the last third, I feel like Shinra really falls by the way. So well, I mean, they get blown up. Yeah. It's their own their own undoing. Yeah. And then, as all corporate oligarchies are. <laughs> sure. That's what they are. I, yeah. Um, I mean, I assume. I don't. We haven't run into a whole lot of those yet yeah. in this world. There's there's a lot in Seven that I think is interesting, and there's a lot that I just find unnecessary. Like, why does it help Cloud's character that he's hallucinating that who he is? Like, yeah. Like, why? I guess my question is, and Zach is cool. He's a super cool character. Like, especially in some of the like other stuff, later stuff like that they do core and stuff. But why does he exist? <laughs> like. Mm-hmm. Why? 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 Why does? Why do we have to go this route? Or why can't Cloud be a failure who's trying to act like a somebody now? Uh-huh. Like, See, I feel like seven, eight, and nine, all three do this, where it's like the main character isn't who they think they are, because like Cloud, there was that. Well, Squall, that, that's six as well. Okay, well, yeah, right. there's so many characters in six. I don't know who the main character is. Tara. I, yeah, if there is a main character, and she's kind of like that, where it turns out who she is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Tara's a little better because, like, you know, she's weird. She's been like a mind controlled slave her entire life. <laughs> yeah. Um. But like eight, where Squall, like his whole past, he's forgotten about. Like the fact that he was raised with all the other people that he just knows. Like, for some it's, reason it's weird. and then nine where um zidane is like basically a front runner of this civilization trying to take over yeah. the world by destroying it and 10 titus doesn't actually exist yeah. i mean yeah <laughs> but yeah <laughs> yeah so 10 does it too I mean, yeah i mean it's kind of a mainstay t- 12 gets away from that titus is a aeon of a dream or uh, no a dream of an aeon uh-huh and now he lives in a spirit realm with his dad and Auron. I've, I've just always thought that was the afterlife, but... Yeah, I mean, that's basically what it is. <laughs> Twelve moves away from that. Vaughn's not nearly that interesting. <laughs> I do enjoy Nine. That Zane goes through like a little bit of depression, but mostly he doesn't care. <laughs> the, they he just likes women. Yeah, Zane, Zane, go, Zane goes through a thing, and I find Zane's whole storyline kind of heartbreaking... Mm-hmm. Um, especially when he's like lost all his confidence and stuff, but like his reaction to the news and like I don't know everything is just like <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah. 
So my current rankings of the those four, it goes 10, 9, 7, 8. That's fair. One, or I think it goes 2, 1. Because I've also played those all the way through. That's where we are. Further updates coming, not for a while. Mine would probably be 6, 9. But my top three re- rearrange often. 6, 9? You like 6, 9? Snitch 9's more like it. 69. I was meaning the rapper 6, 9. Oh. Snitch 9. Snitch, Snitch nine. King. Anyway. Um, we want to say thanks to Dizzy Parker for the use of our theme song. That was the limit break. That was the limit break. Thanks to Dizzy Parker for our theme song. You can find the link to the video that that song comes from in the episode's description. And from there, find all of his other wonderful stuff. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at BGWorldFever. Or send us an email to BGWorldFever at gmail.com. That's B as in boy, G as in girl, fever. Because mm-hmm. boy means world and girl means world. Someone asked me. So I want to make sure that that's clear, that that's why. You cleared that up last week, too. I, I can't remember. That was a week ago. I'm just, I've had five. You're, you're doing great. I had a one-day work week this week, Chance. My brain is nothing. My I, brain is mush. I also had a one-day work week. And yet I'm still kind of bummed that tomorrow's the last day of the weekend. Yeah, I think I'm ready to get back to it. We're so behind. Um, but yeah, check out his work. Send us some messages. Interact with us on Twitter or Instagram. Answer questions. Um, yeah, let us know how you felt about Terrace House and about um, I was fan fiction. I was thinking about like Sean, whether it was intentional. Oh, and whether you think the character progression of Sean is intentional or not. Or whatever Chance asked earlier. I don't even remember. I'm tired. It's, about, it's after 1130. It's late. It is late. Um, but other than that, that's all I've got. That's all I've got. So from all of us here, Boy Meets World Fever, so long world. So long world. Boy Meets World